Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shano. And I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that good to means. Hear that. It was good to hear that, wasn't it? It's an episode of Carpool Rugby League, and no, 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 you don't need to adjust your podcast dials. We know it's November, but um, look, we're back, guys. We're back for a summer session. It's not even summer yet, and we're getting the summer oh. sessions happening. There's so much going on in the off-season. We just had to get back on board, guys, and um, I'll tell you what, we're excited. The fans are excited. Listen to there them cheer. Is, there he is. Great to have you back, oh, fellas. The fans, the fans yes. are back. The okay. vaccinated, double vax fans. That's are right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All fans in that recording are double vaccinated. How are Putting we, fellas? Their hands up for the booster. I'm good. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah, great. It's so good, good to, to be here. back here on Carpool yes. the League. I've been, uh, I've been wetting my appetite uh, listening to to some of our old podcasts, and uh, quite interesting. Uh, Looking back, you know, particularly last year um, when we had all the COVID issues, um, yeah, just some of the players that were running around—they're not running around anymore. They're running around for somebody else now. It's just uh, so much changes mm. in rugby league. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. yeah. And there's even there's there's so many changes going on even since we've had our um, our last episode when we reviewed and wrapped up the season after the grand final. I mean, the biggest change, fellas. Um, it's it's all official now. We've got a seventeenth team. We have the uh, yeah, like it. The like Dolphins. It. They are officially going to be a part of the competition uh, in twenty twenty three. So we've got um, a year to go, but we've got the um, the club, the logo, the colours, and um, yeah, the Dolphins are the newest addition. Yeah, I, I really hope that like like in like in the AFL where you know like if you look at the Sydney Swans jersey, it's got um, South Melbourne across the back, and 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 you now the Giants have Canberra. I really hope Redcliffe get a get some sort of branding on that jersey. Um, to the locals, they're going to be Redcliffe. Yeah, it's like it's like to the Roosters fans at East. You know, like 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 there's no point trying to hide it. I know what the NRL are trying to do, and and it's all okay marketing and whatnot. But somewhere on that jersey, um, their heritage needs to be highlighted because. Yeah, they got. They've been around for seventy years. They, they're not a team mm. that just sprung up overnight. They're not the thought up team. No, nope. they're a team with with a lot of history and a lot of heritage. And I think, I think it's only fair that somewhere on that jersey, Redcliffe, the word Redcliffe should be. And and to the locals, they're going to be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Um, most people in the crowd are going to have Redcliffe Dolphin merchandise on. Um, I just think that. Um, I, I understand what they're trying to do, and I'm glad they chose the Dolphins. I really am. I think it's a highly marketable team. I think they, you know, it, it really, when you look at the springboard they've had, um, it's it's up to them to lose as far as uh, marketability. It goes to show when you've got two other very strong contenders that you have to rise to the occasion. Um, you know, I, I, I feel... 
the bombers and firebirds, firebirds especially, I thought they threw everything but the kitchen sink at it um, and, and really were gracious when, when they heard that the dolphins got it. They, the way they went about it um, was, was, was there to see. Um, they, were, they were phenomenal, actually. The, the sportsmanship in that regard was outstanding. I just hope somewhere Redcliffe get highlighted because over 70 years worth of football in that region uh, with the word Redcliffe in it, um, becoming the Redcliffe Dolphins. And, and, you know, we can't sterilise this now. I think they sterilised the, the Gold Coast Titans when they started to their detriment. Don't sterilise this. People will jump on board this team. The people that hate the Broncos in that region will jump on this team. Don't you worry. They'll get, they'll get, fan, they'll get fans. And, and I think, and the marketability and everything of this brand is outstanding. I just think don't sterilize it. No, no, let, let the word Redcliffe be on that jersey somewhere and not hidden, you know. Put it across the back. Put it somewhere. Put it, I think, put it above the buddy logo. That's where I say it should be. But I think to, you know, I, th I think we've seen in the past that, that logo branding only doesn't work. You need region-specific teams. That's what works in rugby league. I don't know why. It's what works in Australia. It's, it, that's what Australia's used to. America tried it in, their, in a number of their sports. It failed as well. We're not being pioneers in this. We're, we're actually behind the game. Um, I think just calling them the Dolphins isn't a great move. Ask the Bulldogs. It wasn't a great move for them. Um, it was some of their leanest years when you talk about memberships and stuff. So I think, look... Put Redcliffe on there. Get the locals involved first. When you get people, when you're getting local bums on seats, the word will spread, the team will spread, and the fan base will spread, and that's what makes a team. So I'm glad. I think it was the best bid. Um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward who's the 18th. Yeah. And, no, and I, I was just going to say, Griffo, just, just, just on the back of that, I, I want to get your thoughts, and just also to, in a sense of, um, you know, part of your your response there, just what your thoughts are on, you know, what they're basically trying to do here is not pigeonhole them to one uh, specific area within, um, you know, within Brisbane, but sort of make them more of a, a southeast Queensland team, um, you know, without being the crushers, I suppose. So I just yeah, want yeah. to get your thoughts there. You know, is that a bit of a, you know, I don't, is it going to be one of those things where they can bring in fans from that whole area or is it really going to be a Redcliffe team? Look, I, I agree with most of what Shano said. Um, I, I don't like the fact that they're just the Dolphins. Um, I, I would go with Morton Bay Dolphins, yeah. the yep. wider area. Yep. Um, it, it is quite a large area. It's a beautiful part of, of Australia. Um, you know, Red if, uh, well, the Dolphins have been in Redcliffe uh, longer than the Bee Gees. Yeah, they were there before the Bee Gees got there. Um, so they've been there a long time. Um, it, I, I really like I, I like the place Redcliffe itself. Uh, been there a few times. Um, but it's uh, they're trying to pitch at a wider market. That, and and um, their thought process was if they're the Redcliffe Dolphins, then Anyone else from, from Brisbane is not necessarily, particularly, you know, the other Brisbane sides is not going to jump on board. Um, uh, but I, I just think, 
um, as Shane all said, just branding a team um, as the Bulldogs or the Dolphins or whoever um, don't really work so much. I, I think Moreton Bay is a region, um, a large region, including you know the Sunshine Coast going up a bit further north, and and I'd like to see them. You know, I think probably down the track we might see that happen. I doubt that they'd, they'd call themselves the Redcliffe Dolphins simply because they don't want to maybe alienate those other teams from Brisbane, like Wynnum Manly and mm. and uh, the East Tigers and, and and so on. But um, look, I'm I'm really happy for those guys. They obviously financially they're they're very solid, as were I think the the Firebirds. Mm. What a money behind them. Um, but, uh, yeah, congratulations to them. Um, it, it's going to make uh, for some, some great rivalries in southeast Queensland. Um, and, you know, they made that big signing of, of Wayne Bennett as their coach. So, um, it, in saying that, didn't matter what team was going to enter, they're going to have Wayne Bennett as their coach. But it does give them... Um, pulling power for players because guys want to go and play for Wayne Bennett. Um, Graham, what what do you think on the whole Dolphins thing? Yeah, I I think the um, the only thing that we could probably say was a negative aspect of this was leaving Redcliffe out, and it is a bit of an odd thing, especially as you guys said for Australian sport, not to have a geographic location in the in the team name. Even though the team name doesn't have the geographic location in it, I think they're going to be associated with a geographic location. Um, even if tomorrow uh, Penrith said, we're just going to be called the Panthers, they're the team for Penrith. You know, yeah. It's just the way it's going to be. As you guys said, the Bulldogs tried to do it for a while. Um, another one I can remember was oh, would have been the late 90s. There was probably only one season where the Balmain Tigers were the Sydney Tigers to try and um, spread their appeal a little bit when they were um, getting close to the uh, the merger. Sydney City Roosters when they were trying to just be the Sydney team. That's right. So the, 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 the geographic location is important. And I understand that they don't want to necessarily say, as I said, you know, be, be in Redcliffe. And, you know, the only other... I've had some people say, yeah, but what about, you know, you look at other sports, like you've got the Arsenal Football Club. I mean, everyone knows that Arsenal's from London. It's um, yeah. the, the, These teams are always going to have a home base. And the other thing, too, I think that um, it would be interesting to see if they had some really good data on it is how widespread fans are beyond a geographic location. Now, I know that might, from team to team, um, may differ, but um, I think you'll find that uh, this team, depending on whether or not there's any talk of a, uh, another Queensland team coming in, the, their appeal might be wider than what people think, and I really hope it is. I hope that uh, fans, you know, all across Queensland, if they're looking for a team, um, hopefully adopt the Dolphins because I think that's the plan that the NRL are hoping well, for as well as the Dolphins. Know, I remember, I remember um, the big push by the Panthers in the mid '80s to try and, you know, where they thought they were going to lose um, fan base from the mountains, and then everything was about the Blue Mountains, foot of the mountains, team of the mountains, the mountain men. You know that that all of a sudden, all of a sudden to try and geographically swallow the Blue Mountains and look, everyone the Blue Mountains, not everyone because we don't, but you know the the mountain the, the Blue Mountains team is Penrith. 
because yeah. it is the local team. Geographically, they are the local, and it's it's. <clears throat> I think that's what they've got to do. They've got to say, "We are the team for this," and I agree with Griff. I, we're the team for this region. So, if you're a fan of the region and you're a fan of football, jump on board. And from what we can see and what we've heard so far, they will play the majority of their games at Suncorp. Um, they also, it looks as though they're also going to um, play some of their uh, games um, at the old Dolphin Stadium, two, which I think is now two, two in, daily. Two, two, yeah. um, there'll be two home games there. That'll be their training facility there as well. And um, Sunshine Coast, they're going to play a couple there. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one, I think, I it, think it might be the, the low number at the yeah. Sunshine Coast and yes. a few more at yeah. Redcliffe. Yeah. It, it, it was something, the last number I heard was two at Redcliffe, one at the Sunshine Coast, all at Suncorp, only because Suncorp, mm. Suncorp apparently are making them a deal that they just can't refuse. Yeah, similar to what we're like seeing. Like ANZ, like ANZ do with Sydney. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that Redcliffe yeah. is a boutique stadium. Oh, it's... Um, but, but it don't fit many people. No, know? no. It's just, yeah, you know, yeah. economically, it'd be crazy to, to play too many games there. No, even if you fill it out, you know what you got about twelve thousand max, maybe not even mm. that much. Yeah, uh, I it's... think um, the maximum capacity is eleven and a half. Oh, yeah, then yeah. you can't. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, you can't make game, money. <laughs> that you know. Yeah, and, and the thing is, the NRL knows that. The NRL knows that its first game. I guarantee its first game be against Brisbane. And it's or maybe not because they'll probably sell out Suncorp if people get behind it, and you know, like that's where the money bums on seats. Um, Forty thousand versus eleven, it's no yep. brainer. Yep. So look, you guys talked about the the big signing. Uh, the only, you know, I suppose official signing we know now is the coach Wayne Bennett. Uh, early thought we don't even know a squad, but obviously, if you're going to have a coach and get someone in. Uh, for a Queensland team, uh, if you want to start a franchise, he's probably one of the blokes you want, you know, steering the ship, so to speak. No, absolutely. As, as I said before, he's oh, yeah. it's not just his, his coaching record, coaching ability. It's his ability to attract high-quality players. Um, and that's what they're really going to need. They're going to need, you know, they're going to need a good, solid uh, team with a couple of marquee signings. Um, I think it's very interesting that there's a lot of players who I thought would have would have would have put a signature to their home side by now. You know, we're we're 17 days in after November one, and there's a, there's a few players who still haven't signed with the club they're currently playing for, and I think maybe the Dolphins' um, computation. Has, has added to that. Now we, we often see players not signed till till well into December, to well into December and January, and that's fine. But, but you know, like I like with South Sydney and Cody Walker, it's, they just short him up. It's done. And I think that it's very interesting that there's other players out in the field who probably will sign for the team that they're currently playing for and extend deals and whatnot. But I wonder how much the Dolphins' computation is sort of between them and their manager going, hey, this is a hell of a carrot because you're going to have everything behind you. Yeah, and the thing is too, they've got money to spend. A lot of other clubs, and I know people will say, yeah, they've got the same salary cap, but what people need to understand is they're starting from scratch. They don't have to say, okay, we've got this guy coming off. We've got a little bit of money here. We've got to slot him in. We can only sign one or two blokes. They're starting from a clean slate. Mm. 
And if you believe the rumors that are floating around, there are some really big names linked with the club. The latest I heard was that um, Brandon Smith is really seriously considering uh, a move up to the Dolphins. And uh, if you believe the reports today, he could well be their first signing. Yeah. And, and and the other thing is, as part of the deal, as part of being allowed into the competition, you had to prove that you could um, potentially play, pay, uh, I think it was $11.5 million for, for, your, for your club. Like, so they said, look, eyeballing it, that might be what the salary cap gets increased to. So at the currently, it was at nine and a half now. So looking forward, can you afford it? You have to prove that you can afford it. On top of the, um, which, which, and this annoyed every other club, on top of the grant that's been given to the Dolphins as part of the new television deal, um, where the clubs had to, all clubs had to forfeit the money to be given to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins effectively have proven that they can not only cover coaching money, but they can cover the cap. So it's, it's not even a question of, you know, there's clubs out in, in, in rugby league land who go, yeah, the cap, the cap's nine and a half, but we just don't have nine and a half million bucks. They've got it. And, and that's, that's, I think, the other thing where, you know, it's not an open checkbook per se, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's money. We've, we've got the money. We can, we can go out and buy this team tomorrow. It's, it's, it's like playing fantasy football with real coin. That's what they're doing. And, um, you know, they've got the right guy to do it well. Griffo, I mentioned Brandon Smith there. It'd be interesting to see what happens with him because we know there's a few clubs actually chasing him in all fairness. We know he's um, he's been in talks with the Cowboys, the Titans. There was even talk of the Roosters. Um, I saw the Warriors at one point. But just to keep on the Dolphins here and just talk about some of the names that have been linked with them... Um, Cameron Munster is one that I've heard linked with them. Um, in regards to fullbacks, I've heard Ponga, Gutherson, Edwards. Um, Jerome Hughes was another name. And Patrick Carrigan was also one that I heard um, was being seriously considered as an option after knocking back contract extension from the Broncos. Did Kickout take up his contract with Penrith? No, um, both I know and Corey Sol. He was uh, his so name was massive at one yeah, stage. They, like, apparently, they, they'll throw on everything, but the kitchen sink. They, they finish at the end of next year. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think they'll. Well, apparently, Corey Sol wants to get out early. Um, we'll talk about yeah, that later. Yeah, we'll but, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's open season on hookers at the moment. Uh, <laughs> you know, ever since lockdown, there's never been a, a bigger demand well. for hookers. You know, yeah, there you go. people can get out now. Eh? It's, it's all They're opening like... up in more ways than one. Absolutely. Um, but but there's some but big names. Vaxed, I hope. They're, they're chasing some big names here, Griffo. Uh, I don't know what you guys are hearing, but um, if, if they snag some of these names, we, we could be seeing the, some the, superstars in what, this. Yeah, what it's all, it's all speculation, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at it this way, and I'll ask both of you gentlemen uh, this question given that they are probably going to have to pay overs for their marquee player or players who would be your number one priority if you were the Gold Coast sorry not the Gold Coast my apologies if you were the Dolphins (laughs) they could have been the Gold Coast Dolphins well yes they put it look you look that was a lawsuit wasn't it they stopped it they They stopped the Gold Coast and and now the Dolphins it now seems like yeah wasn't that a good move for them 
I I um out of those names I and the names that are linked, I'm probably thinking a Cameron Munster. Um, I I think he's the type of bloke you could build a team around, and to see the type of footy he could play week in week out. Um, you know, off the cuff, he he. he with Wayne Bennett, he could almost be like the. It depends. They'll need yeah, a they'll need a structured half, but he could almost be to to, yeah. to the Dolphins what Cody Walker is to South under Wayne Bennett. I agree. The big thing is is that um, Tony Reader, their their CEO, has basically come out and said, if you want to be a part of history, it, you know, you, you can you can win premierships, and you've probably done. And, and this is what they're, they're smart. They go they're saying the people we're looking at have probably won premierships. They've probably been in grand finals. They've probably played state of origin. But if you want to be part of history and you want to build a club and you want to imagine being a part of something where we were this new club, it might take a couple of years, but then we're right in the hunt for a premiership. You, you know, you could be a part of that. And, and, and that he was so good at this at Brisbane. He was brilliant at this at Brisbane. You know, that's how he got all those Queensland players together. Yeah. Hey, you want to be a part of something great for this state? Come play for us. I don't know whether look what Marquis signing they need. If they got if they got Munster, I think Smith would be brilliant. If they got Munster, even better. I don't would know. You, like if you're number one, Shane. If you're if Smith, you're Brandon the Dolphins, Smith. Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith number one. Brandon Smith number one. He's you know you you know um, yeah I, I think. But when but Rita is someone who just is able to tell the narrative to the point where it's not necessarily you you're not you sort of go wow I could be a part of that and all of a sudden taking overs you don't have to take overs anymore you're going you sort of get caught up in the narrative and and he did it at Brisbane like people wondered for years how the hell Brisbane were able to not not necessarily build the team, but grab a whole heap of players for what seemed like on par or less than par money and not paying overs. And it's other, other than the fact that they're success, but he was able to create a narrative and that's what he's starting to do with the Dolphins. Be a part of something great. Be a part of something new. You know, you, you, you know could you imagine three years in us being in a grand final? We could do it. We need the right team. You can be a part of that. You know, you're going you're gonna to get concessions. You're going to get third-party concessions. You're going to get all this stuff. It's going to be like when the Titans players got a car from Audi. It's going to be like all this. Be a part of it. Come to us. We've got the cap. We've got the money. Imagine being part of Imagine establishing something. So when we look at the Dolphins in the NRL, you are on the inaugural team page. This mm. doesn't, this is not, and they got the right bloke for the job. He can spin a narrative better than any of them. And I think that's exactly where this is coming from. And I think there's a lot of managers who are, who, who are really looking at this going to their clients, hey, you, you could be started. You could be a part of something big here. Everyone knows. I think some of the first signings we're going to hear about will be the 19th, 20th, 21st players. I don't think we're going to hear anyone big. I think we're going to hear about the the, 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 the team fillers first, the, the stocking stuffers, so to speak. Um, by that stage, they might, they, you know, they've got to produce a, you know, the, the thing is, you know, they've got to produce a Queensland Cup side. They've got, to have some, they've got to have some sort of people. They've got to have a team of 25. I think what we're going to hear off first is 25th, 24th, 23rd, and then we're going to start hearing about the club. I don't think we're going to hear massive marquee signings 
straight off the bat. Because I, I actually think they'll want to go the other way. They want I'll, to. They'll yeah, want to. I reckon if they were to say, I reckon they'll keep you, it. They'll keep it on ice. They're too smart I, for that. They're going to keep it on ice. Well, I, I reckon. I reckon there's another school of thought there. It, do you see what, value then? in in say securing a Cameron Munster, snowball a effect. Brandon Smith, or yeah, a Kalen Ponga, and then all of a sudden players to attract other players? Rather yep. than just I signing think, all these, I think the problem there like is had that Graham, big signing to bring everyone in. I think the problem there is Graham is in every player's contract, they have to table, they have to table the um, the offer to the club, and then the club has right to sit on it, um, and then if the club doesn't make a bid, an initial bid, then they go elsewhere. So I think the problem there is is that there's going to be a lot of toing and froing. Which which probably will negate that. Like we won't hear anything about that until very much later in the piece. Maybe even going into you know March next year, because you know if Redcliffe say we'll offer you this, then they go back to the club. The club says something, and then it's 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 a lot of negotiation. I think for those top players, that's why I think we're going to hear about you know not not marquee, but we're going to hear about players that probably are good players, but. You know, they're, they're good players. They're not the marquee players. I think the marquee players are just, whilst you'd love to say, yeah, Brandon Smith to the Dolphins or Cameron Munster to the Dolphins or Kalen Ponga to the Dolphins, and you'd love to say that before Christmas, I just think the reality is there's too much toing and froing. There's not enough time. Like, unless a player just says, I'm going, I'll be a part of it, I'm there. Unless a player just, like, like just, just says, yep, I'm there. I think there's going to be a lot of negotiation. If a player says, "Look, no matter what you offer me, I'm not taking it. I'm signing with Red. I'm signing with the Dolphins tomorrow." Unless a player says that, you're going to have a lot of negotiation. It's going to take a fair bit of time to nut out. If I'm if I'm the Dolphins, my priority would be Kalen Ponga. Uh, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd splash yeah. the money on him. I think. Um, He's uh, he's got a great image. Yeah, you know you've never <laughs> my 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 suggestion didn't. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. See, he's, he's squeaky clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's marketable, more marketable than Monster. Uh, I mean, Monster's a great player, but the other thing, Ponga, he's a bit younger than Monster as well. Um. I, I just I would go for him as his number one priority. Obviously, Brandon Smith would be a great acquisition if they could get him, but I think um, they could get a guy who's uh, almost as good in Reed Marnie for probably two or three hundred thousand less. I yeah, I, I think he'd be a, a, a guy that if I was them, I'd be targeting. Um, He's a good uh, look. If they could snag Brandon Smith, I, I wouldn't say no, but I just think yeah. you, could, you could get a guy almost as good um, for quite a bit yeah. less uh, in Reed Marnie, who who doesn't really seem to be all that keen from what we see so far. We don't know, but to, to re-sign with the Eels. Um, the Bulldogs also going big on on trying to, to get his signature, Reed Marnie, because he's, he's an outstanding player. He's got the Should best. Should have played he, Origin this year. He he has the best yeah. kicking game of any hooker in the in the competition. Yeah, he's, he, that forty twenty he nailed 
it might have been the game he got injured or the game before. I just can't remember. That was sublime. He just he just kicked it and it went mm. sailing. It, at a time where they were under the pump power, and he he, you know, he can do that in the game. He's got a good kicking game for now. Yeah, I agree. I, I he's my he's, he's one of the most underrated players in the game. Yeah, he could have made a big difference in that game against Penrith in the final. Oh, no doubt. Never no know. doubt. No doubt. Um, um, the other guy, if you're looking for a forward leader and a leader of the team, Christian Welch should be again yeah, somebody yeah, who's yeah. on the market who yeah. who you'd want to be looking at. I think if you're the uh, Dolphins, yeah. There's, there's some players out there. There's no doubt they're going to put together a good squad. And I know, you know, feeling doesn't mean much, but when I look at this team and this franchise and the way it's coming in, I don't get a feeling like I did, say, with the Titans. This feels like a Melbourne Storm type of franchise coming yeah. in. I think yeah. this is going to be a successful this franchise. Is, this is, they're this serious. Is smart. This is yep. smart. They're smart. Yep. And look, the main thing that's really going to be the, um, I suppose, flow-on effect of having a 17th team is the inevitable 18th team. Mm-hmm. Um, look, there's been some speculation already as to where that team is going to be. Um, we've talked a lot about Perth on the podcast, uh, Central Queensland. Um, one bid that I read about the other week, fellas, and I don't know if you saw that, and it comes up every time expansion is mentioned, is the North Sydney Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yep. think this is going off the back of a little bit of what we talked about earlier with uh, Redcliffe just becoming the Dolphins. Uh, there was some speculation that there would be a bid uh, similar to that where they'd be called the Bears. They'd play a couple of games at um, North Sydney, but they'd almost be the team that represents the whole of regional New South Wales. They'd play games um, you know, in Dubbo. They'll play in Mudgee. They might play you know, up, up the North Coast. Basically, any of these regional areas within New South Wales, um, they would uh, try to represent to be a, a team that goes beyond just North Sydney, but also have a couple of games um, back there at North Sydney. Just, you know, just, just want to start a bit of a chat, fellas, about an 18th team. I think those who have been listening to us for a long time uh, wouldn't be surprised um, to, to, to hear us say that Perth's probably going to be the logical next step despite a lot of um, excitement about possible other bids. Yeah. Yeah, like I, we've, you know, we've talked about it at length. Yeah. Um, we really think there should be a team at Perth. Uh, to, be, to be fair and honest to the Bears, their bid was probably the only bid that's actually made me think, um, that's made me actually think uh, that's actually really smart. That's actually a really, really smart bid. For for the television audience and for the longevity of rugby league, Perth's the team. Um, I'm not saying that that's a negative against Central and, and, and country New South Wales. I think, though, the North Sydney Bears bid is the most clever... It's the most cleverest bid we've had in such a long time to say that we're not going to get a team in Central New South Wales. We're not going to get a country New South Wales team. We're not going to get a team um, north of north of um, Newcastle. Newcastle, but south of, of the Gold Coast. The mid North Coast isn't going to get a team. Hmm. Um, you know, the Whoopi C horses just won't get a run. But if you had a team that could that could work and be and be representative of them, that could be a juggernaut. 
the biggest issue they've got is they're going into regions where expats have a team. Like, no, no, if, I, if I went to a country pub and there was 50 people in the pub and I talked about rugby league, all of them have got a team. It's going to be whether they could buy into that new team. Um, I, I like the bid. I think it's smart. They've got a very, look, behind, like, on the surface, you can talk about how smart it is. Actually, you know, in the boardroom, it is a very clever bid with lots of funding, big people pushing it, a lot of people in regional New South Wales with big stadiums saying, hey, come along. The problem's this. They're going to be a team who could get 10, 15,000 to a game, right? Going around the regions. If I'm a player and I'm training out of wherever, I'm now a nomad because I can't, I can't be training at North Sydney Oval and playing, I could, but I'm flying to Coffs. I'm flying to, to Dubbo. I'm oh, flying to a logistic London. nightmare. It, it, look, and, and it's, and it's, I think, I think that that's the, that's the thing they've got to convince the NRL, which would be very difficult to do. The Perth Pirates bid is outstanding. Uh, it's, you know, like, it's the reason why the NRL for such, for a long time haven't said everyone is allowed to bid. Because they know if they if they let everyone bid, like for, with this Brisbane side, they said it's going to be in Brisbane. If they said no, we'll go over there. Perth would win hands down. They've just they've got this clever bid. They've got a stadium. They've got business structures. They're running. They basically run rugby league in Western Australia now. Um, I, I just think t- t- television will rule this decision, and television want a game in Perth. Yeah. They want that. They want that extra time slot where it's 7.30 in Perth, it's 9.30 in New South Wales. And you know what? It's, 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 and it's, it's also the flip side, you know, the, the, the game that can be played at four o'clock in Perth. That's, that's the seven o'clock here. And the other interesting thing is if you head the other way with that that time zone debate, obviously we, we know how important it is to have the Warriors as a part of a competition um, another, I suppose, bid that has been talked yeah, about. Wellington. Yeah, and I, I think the um the main bid there would probably be the um the Wellington Orcas who would represent yeah. the um like the North it. Island. They got a cool. They got a cool logo. I, the biggest problem is the NRL have already said to the New Zealand team, you know, until unless this until this one becomes ultra successful, we're not gonna we're not gonna pull any more resources from 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 new zealand yeah um and and in some ways i agree with them i look i think that you know they've been in two grand finals they haven't won one um i think i think the problem is whenever the new zealand warriors seem to be going well it unravels in the boardroom and all of a sudden two years later that's on the field yeah. and, and it's just a shambles i think if if they could get there i think what they've done new zealand rugby league with their with the competition they were running earlier this year to try and entice people back into rugby league from rugby worked the junior competition that was televised. It was on TV. It was televised. It was on radio in New Zealand. It had, it had commentators. It had, you know, it, they threw a lot of money at it and it worked. It, it generated a lot of interest, especially in New Zealand. I watched it. I thought that I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, the problem is 
the New Zealand Warriors have to be firing and have to start giving reason as to why New Zealand need a second team. The big question is going to be, does the New Zealand Warriors change their branding and you end up with a North Queensland, a North New, a North New Zealand, the South side, North side, South side. Uh, yeah, you might end up and with that's, Wellington. And that's, what, and that's what, New, uh, and that's what, and that's what I think that until, you know, I think New Zealand Warriors would need some success. I think that's something probably further down the track um, where we start debating, do we have a two-tiered competition, which is secretly the NRL would not mind because that's more television. I um, yeah, I agree with what Shane said. Uh, for me, there's only one choice, and that's Perth for a variety of reasons you're talking about wanting to expand the game um mm-hmm. the dolphins to me is not an expansion of the game it's a consolidation yeah yeah of of the game and, and i'm not against the dolphins okay I'm, I'm i think it's it's been a good choice but you need if you call yourself the national rugby league you've got to be national you know, they'd have to, at the moment, really, you should say the, the East Coast Rugby League. It's not national. Mm. Um, for all the reasons that Shane said, the, the fact that you've got that time zone difference, it gives you an extra time slot of live rugby league. Um, and you are bringing in new fans to the game. And that's crucial. I, I think it's a no-brainer. It's got to be Perth. Um, I don't want to take up too much of the listeners' time because I agree with everything Shane said, but I want to pick up on one thing you said at the end. I think down the track, I would be in favour of a of a second-tier uh, competition. Um, you could have yeah. your North Sydney Bears, yeah. all your, your Bears, mm. whatever you want to call them. I, I mean, I, I like... I, I, I don't want to pour any cold water over the bears, but, but I just don't think it'd work um, in, in what they've proposed. Uh, and again, it's not an expansion of the game. You just catering for those who already follow the, the NRL. Yeah. Um, you want to bring in new fans. It's Perth for me. Um, when I've heard Peter Volandis speak, he hasn't really come across um, as a as a supporter of that notion. I do hear him talk a lot about growing the growing the game and continually growing. I think you've you've got to move outside what you've already got to grow the game. And and I'm you know I I, I think Peter Volandis has been amazing for the NRL. Um, along with Andrew Abdo. I think they've done a magnificent mm. job. But I, that's where I've got a little bit of disagreement with Peter. I think he's really yep. got, got to get Perth into this competition yeah. and, and grow the game. Yeah, I, I thought they bug- I thought the NRL totally buggered it when the force died. When the force died, I thought that was the time to strike. You know, the, 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 they had already a club over there who... Who 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 could have made it work? And I think they've they've sat on their hands a bit too long. It's it's time now to to put it up. 
two yeah. million people in Perth. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're and they're growing. Market. It's not. Yep. It's, it's, a it's not market. a failing city, you know. Yep. And um, look, just to really wrap it up, um, I'd imagine guys, you'd agree that now that uh, the Dolphins <coughs> are in the um the Brisbane Jets, despite the fact that they say they're still keen to be the 18th team, I'd say they're Buckley's chance. Ah, uh, they they're gone. Yep. So look, it's it, it'll be very exciting to see. Twenty twenty three is going to be a massive year in in rugby league. I know we've got twenty twenty two to get to first, but uh, it seems to be the way that the um the NRL goes these days. We're always looking ahead, and even with signings and player transfers, players aren't always just signing for the next year. I know um most of the squads are being confirmed um for the twenty twenty two season, but. We're hearing plenty of player movements and rumours going around. Um, even this week, I'm hearing uh, a lot of rumours. I know you guys were talking about um, Reed Marnie earlier. Um, you know, there's there's talk that he's been spotted having dinner with Bulldogs officials. Plenty of talk about guys, and we might even go back to a point we touched on earlier, Griffo. Um, with the well, there's three big players at Penrith who are. Coming off contract, uh, Coruscant, Kickout, and Edwards. Now, um, my understanding is they're contracted for 2022, and they don't have any intention of them leaving early. But they are looking for clubs to submit offers for 2023. So we've got three big names there that could be on the move. Well, let's address the elephant in the room, Coruscant. Yeah. He's put his hand, you know, and, and look, Griffo, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to get your thoughts because I, I don't think the paper, you know, if, you, if you read the papers, you know, Andrew Webster, don't get me started on what that bloke wrote yesterday. But um, didn't see it. Oh, uh, you know, because, because South Sydney have a new, new owner, you know, they're no longer, they can no longer be called the pride of the league. I didn't know being owned by someone actually negated how many years of bloody history in your club. And um, had plenty of pride since Russell Crowe bought him on the twentieth. <laughs> now on the twentieth anniversary of us marching down the road, um, yeah, I thought you're pretty weak to write that. But anyway, um, yeah, Coruscant, what what's your thoughts on on the whole situation? Because it's it it seemed. Uh, look, I, I don't know whether Penrith poured water on it or whether it was a storm in a teacup, but it just seemed like at some stage, at a while there, it was very volatile. Well. Penrith have indicated to him, from what I've heard, that they're not letting him go, but they're not going to re-sign him after 2022. Mm. It's a similar stance to Matt Burton. Yep. Um, that they know they've got a quality player and they're not going to release him to another club. Yep. Now, this one's a little bit different because as it stands currently, He's an anti-vaxxer. Mm. I know we're going to talk about that whole yeah. thing later on, but um, I don't know if this is part of his, I guess, strategy to maybe try and you know, mm. wedge himself out of 2022 with the Panthers because obviously he's been negotiating with a number of clubs and, and thinks he can probably get a better deal um, if he gets out now, uh, unfortunately, you know, Appy's he's geez, a good player, but he's had a lot of negative 
publicity, bad headlines this year. Um, if he's not going to be vaxxed, he's not going to play. Yeah. If he's not going to play, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to pay. He's no uh, value, is he? Um, do I want him in the team in 2022? Well, firstly, get vaxxed um, and play. Mm. And you sign for whoever you like from, from 2023 onwards. Um, but it's been a bit of a festering sore at the moment. And, and uh, uh, as far as kick-out goes, um, again, they're saying, look, he's on big money. He's on $750,000 next year. He's yeah. on seven hundred this yeah. year. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I don't personally think that... Big money. I, I think it's too much. It is at second a second row. It is when it's still nine point five. Like that's yeah, huge. Like that's so. Um, uh, oh, we just lost you there a second, Griff. So I think he, I think it, look, I agree with what he said about um, uh, kick out. Now that kick out is almost taking ten percent of the cap. Yeah. You now when you consider who you got I around guess. there. Yeah. I guess we've got to see what happens there. Sorry, Griffo, you just, yeah, you just cut oh, out. Sorry, yeah. did I? Yeah. 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 Okay. Out oh, all right. So tell me it's unstable connection. So right. it's I good. thought those days were behind me because I was on the phone to those people yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but no, just, just by people, you mean uh, Anthony Albanese, and you asked him to uh, announce a better NBN plan for the upcoming oh, election, okay. is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. I was just talking about the army kick out and, and saying he's on for, for 2022 he's on 750,000. Yeah. And I think that's a bit overs to be honest. Um, he's a very, very good player. Well, he's a little inconsistent. Um, and and I, I think that's a little bit overs, but uh, yeah, I want to see him playing with the Panthers next year. And then after that, well, I, I just don't think, that sort of money is something that's sustainable um, under a salary cap situation. So, um, yeah, get another year out of him. And uh, and if he can do better, you know, whether he's a dolphin or whoever, mm. um, you know, wish him all the best. Um, the problem is uh, that they don't have anyone in the club that I'm aware of that plays that style of game that he can play. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of workers, um, very solid first grade rugby league players, but they don't have anyone else like him. Um, so whether there's someone coming through that, that I don't know about, but, um, yeah, I'd be saying, look, Billy, um, you've been a great player for us. You've won a comp. We're going to honor your contract. You know, it's an upgraded contract. It was on 700 this year, 750 next year. Um, I'd not be going anywhere near that um, 650 max after that. And, and, you know, if he can pick up 800 or whatever somewhere else, well, wish him all the best, you know. Um, mm. There's a salary cap in place. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, uh, because of the success the team's had over the last couple of years, um, they've had to pay yeah. the, the key players more money. Uh, in particular, I think 
steer the crate and got a really good deal going forward. Um, he showed in the in the semifinals that yeah, he's he's worth that money. Um, but that's meant that you know they got lose players as well. So yeah. it's a salary cup, and uh, yep, yeah, Corey Sal, Kikau, Edwards play next year. Um, but beyond that, well, you know, good luck to you. And I think that's a very, you know, that's that's a sensible decision that, you know, we've got a price and that's what we're willing to pay. And yep. we've seen teams who get who get into that. I, I caught I caught the hundred thousand dollar hole where oh we'll just offer this guy an extra hundred thousand and this guy an extra hundred thousand. And this by the end of it, you know, you do that with five players, there's a player. You know, but you do it five times. You've now got a player who you can't sign. Who, so you're a player down. You're now paying overs, and it's it's poor. It's it's the, you know, it's it's. I suppose I don't want to bag them a bit, but it's the West Tiger School of Business Management, mm. and um, you know, we saw it with the Tigers. We saw it a little bit there with the Dogs. Um, oh, we definitely saw it with the Dogs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, under the know, Des Hasler. Yeah, under the Hasler's regime, yeah. most definitely. Um, you know, it's in some ways the back end of um, Bennett at, at, at the at the Dragons. It never bodes well, and and your team suffers for years. It, it takes years to negate that. So, um, yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right, Griff. You know, it's it's it, Penrith. We know are methodical. They're going to take the sensible decision. They've they, they you know they've got the power of youth, and that is one of the largest football grounds in the country. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, I, I don't think they're going to do anything rash with those three players. Mm. And, and, and it's interesting, we're talking about the departures there and I'd imagine, Griffo, just before we uh, move on to other clubs, just to wrap up with the Panthers, you mentioned there that you you can't, um, you know, think of a player at the moment that has that similar style. I think the challenge that the Panthers have, and I don't know if you're of the same opinion here, is with... The success they've had and, um, you know, representative players, so on, the value is going up. Uh, these players might leave and they might be looking to young juniors to come through to, to build because they they may have cap issues and uh, letting these guys go might help them in uh, relieving those issues. Well, this is something I'd, I'd love to know more about. Um, I, this is why I'd love to see the salaries of each player in the nrl published yep say okay you know it's nine point whatever it is your salary cap well this is how the pieces come together in each of the clubs um i was horrified uh a few weeks ago when i read that um regan campbell gillard who said he wasn't going to renew his uh, option at para but then signed on for a few more years um, what I read was that he's still because he had a long-term deal signed by Gus Gould when he was still Supremo at Penrith he, massive money um, and Penrith I knew they were paying his part of his wage at Para but apparently that's still got a couple more years 250 grand mm-hmm. RCG from the Panthers Yep, and he's obviously they've obviously uh, <laughs> Parramatta being they have obviously come to the party and upped his um, yeah his Griffo, salary. I could not. So agree. he's he'd be on a very good wicket now. I oh, could he's not, on massive money. Yeah, 
I could not agree with you more, Griffo. I've always said, and you know, we're members, and I've, I've always said since day one of my membership in, in the salary cap that really at the AGM, what should be presented to the members of the club, and it will go to the papers, and that's fine, but definitely to the members should be a um, financial statement on what the players are being paid that year. Yeah. I mean, Wonga Blake was similar. That he, Again, he was signed to a long-term deal by Gus Gould, big money. And when, when, that, when Gould left, he was another guy that, that they let go. Um, I don't know if they're still paying part of his wage at Para. Uh, 250000 is a good first-grade player. And you're well, paying that just yeah. for someone else to, to play for another team. Oh, I can't. The problem is, Griff, is you end up having to pay two players very little who, who aren't of that calibre. And you have a couple of yep. injuries. They're in first grade. They're playing first grade. And, and they're you know, playing against uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's right. And, and they're playing against you, 100%. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, you know, you can't, can't really change what has happened in the past. But obviously, look, the Panthers, yeah, they're I, not I, trying to do that now, um, trying to offload play, payers and, and um, you know, pay part of the freight somewhere else. It's a different policy. And uh, yeah, I, I think interesting and we'll get on to the dragons at some stage but they've got about four or five players yeah. i believe that have yeah. been paid in part by other teams yeah and, yeah. and i've always said uh, the analogy i've used it's like owning a dog and then you flick your, the dog crap into your neighbor's backyard and then the neighbors are giving you cans of dog food to say thank you it's yeah. just it's just like i i, I, I it's it's but we can talk all night about this i i really think once you leave a club you have to cut the ties of the previous club. This idea of being able to pay someone to... And, and look, the flip side, people like Matt, will pay you to leave, like Matt Lodge. It's just, no, no, no. This is what they cost. You made the business decision. Pay them out. And if it's going to cost you next year, then okay, it costs you for one year. It's not going to cost you five or six years down the track. And, and I think what the NRL need to, to create is, the, is this idea that when the club pays a player out they they cut all ties with the player that's done but then they can they can have a grace period where they can that can affect their cap over time they're not paying the player over time the player's played and he's gone leave it at that but but if but they can go to the nrl with a concession to say look we have to pay this person five hundred thousand dollars can we take that over can we take that over two years where our obligations to that guy is done, but 500,000 next year is going to hurt us badly. We won't build a side, but if we could do it over two sides, it'll help. And I think if, if you could have those discussions where the ties with the player are cut, but this, this idea that, that a team is paying another team money for their player. Out for, of the cap. That's, that's the thing that's, that that's, hurts that's me the most. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they're paying him. And, and the contracts don't mean anything. Cap. They're leaving they're, early anyway. And that's why I think I've often said the way to fix this, if a player wants to leave the contract, they have to pay the contract out personally. Yeah. Well, If a player, if a player has one more year left and that year's worth $400,000, the they, they, they pay their club $400,000 for the privilege of leaving. And, 
Often, players are leaving contracts early because they're taking up lucrative contracts elsewhere. Now, one example of that um, we found out this week would be Mitchell Pearce. He's leaving the Knights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, he's moving on to uh, play... Um, I was just going to say the Dragons, but I didn't want to confuse people. He's going to play Catalans. for Super League Club. Yeah, Catalan Dragons. Um, so, look, he had a year left on his contract. He's left early. Very interesting, this one, guys. I just want to get a quick comment on this as well because the Knights were very reluctant. They said, we're not releasing him without a replacement. From what I've heard, they haven't signed any external uh, replacement Um there's Not been yet, a, no. no, and no. there's been a bit of talk that if they are to sign someone from an outside club, they're not necessarily just looking at a half. There have been rumours that they may even be willing to sign a fullback and move Caelan Ponga into the halves. There's also a lot of rumours going around that um, uh, after re-signing uh, Tex Hoy, uh, now that Andrew Johns is back with the club, apparently he's got... Uh, some very positive things to say about um, the 22-year-old Tex Hoy, who's got a lot of football left in him. But yeah, here's another example, guys. We've got a bloke who had a year left on his contract and uh, has been let go by the has I, been I, let out of it to take up a lucrative offer. I think I think with when you look at the the the, the Knights, the big question you've got to ask yourself is: Do we really? See, this is the other thing. When someone gets offered a lucrative contract, like. I felt for the Panthers earlier this year because they were the bad guys for such a long time with this with this Burton thing. They were the bad guys, and you know, and then all of a sudden he gets in the first grade and it's, it pays dividends. But you don't want to also be the bad guy in all this, you know, where where all of a sudden people start saying to you, "Well, why are you doing this?" I think with the Knights, they looked at the value of Mitchell Pearce and they said, "Right, okay, do, if we keep him for a year." And then, and then, and then, sort of stop him from earning the money that we get with Catalan's Dragons, which is probably James Maloney's contract. Um, is is that worth is that worth our while? Is it worth our while having the discussion? Is it worth our while? And I think deep down, the Knights probably looked at it and went, "No, it's not worth our while. It means we've got money. It means we can be look." One of the things Andrew Johns has said: we have to be methodical with the signings. You know, I'm not saying right off a year, but but there's plenty of Mitchell Pierce esque players that you could pay for less money than Mitchell Pierce, who will get the job done and get us to the same result. Rather than jump in and try and pay overs for someone, let's be methodical about the move. The Knights are smart. Did you see? Look at the look at the coaching staff they got now helping them out. It's all Knights old boys. It's all people you want to play with. People like Danny Badiris, people like Andrew mm. Johns. You know, if I'm a young halfback and I'm really good, and someone says, "Hey, do you want to learn off Andrew Johns?" I'm going, "Yeah, of course I do." I'd be an idiot not to. So, I think, I think, I think that I think the Knights looked at it methodically and went, "No, nah, this is actually a good decision for us. We've just got to play it smart. We're not saying we're going to ride a year off, but if we've got." <laughs> We can get someone who's young, who's got a bit of spark about him, who's got a bit of talent. Look at the systems that, that can generate good players. Look at mm. those systems and we can pay people. We can pay these guys a decent wage for the year. That's not Mitchell Pierce money. That allows Ponga maybe to go into the halves and we can generate something. 
It's funny saying that because a lot of the rumours coming out this week, Griffo, are that, um, I mean, the Tigers are denying it all. Obviously, he's under contract for a couple of years. Luke Brooks was one of the names that was associated with the club. And the other one I was hearing was Adam Clune. I don't know if you've heard those similar oh, rumours. already. Clune's signed there. He's he signed there, signed. has he? Yeah, okay. He's yeah, yeah. And I think, no, I think he's, a, he's a signed as a backup. I, I think Drinkwater is the guy that um, would would suit them. Um He's a terrible boy, and uh, he'd be back. He's a good mate of my nephews. Um, I think uh, I think it'd be good for for him if uh, because the Cowboys went big on uh, Chad Townsend, as we know. Uh, for what reason? I'm buggered, but if I know that one, but and and also Tom did. So um, three into two ain't gonna go uh, at the mm-hmm. Cowboys there. Um, I think Drinkwater would uh, go well. He could reunite with Jake Clifford. They yeah, had a Clifford's, really good yep. combination at the Cowboys early in the year when the Cowboys were firing. Six was uh, Drinkwater, seven, or oh, sorry, I think seven was Drinkwater and uh, six was Clifford. Or, but they were a very good mm. halves combination. And Jake Crossland's already there. Crossland's there next year too, is that right? He's there, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I don't I know just, if he's... He's probably a bit lower down the pecking order. We know that Clifford and Drinkwater work together. Um, Drinkwater's a great player. I think he'd be the man because the Tigers don't seem to want to release Brooks, even though um, you know he's he's a bit of a whipping boy for particularly for the fans. Um, the problem for the Tigers is Dewehi is is out for the first half of the competition. Otherwise, I think they've already would have let Brooks go. Mm. But they know that um, with no Dewehi there, they let Brooks go. Maybe they're writing off the season before you know before it even starts. With, without, I know they got Jackson Hastings signed up there um, yeah, to come and probably back. play at six. But yeah, because uh, we've got to remind everyone that Mbai's gone to the Dragons. Well, not that that might have made a difference. I think they were. I think yeah. they're paying part of them buys contract yeah. to go but to I the think, Dragons. But he's but not in the equation at all. Not at all. No. I, I think one of <laughs> if Tim he wasn't Sheen's, already. <laughs> well, I think, and I think one of Tim Sheen's first moves was to basically, I think, from what I, what I understand, is he told he told the people in the boardroom of of the Tigers to get out in front of the media and tell them Luke Brooks is going nowhere next year, whether he wants to go or not. Just, just to look at that while we're talking about the Tigers there, and as I said, Moses and Bai. Now, I know that, you know, a bit tongue-in-cheek there, I sort of said, yeah, we, we talked about Moses and Bai. Uh, he probably hasn't been the best asset over the past couple of years for the, um, for the Tigers, and it wasn't surprised that he's gone on. Now, given the fact that the Dragons are in one of these situations that we just talked about where the Tigers are actually going to pay a large chunk of his salary... Does that then change your view on as to whether or not this is a worthwhile signing for the Dragons or not? I, I think his personality, it would be counterintuitive. I, it, the tales from Tiger Town actually devalued that man. Um, I know they're struggling. I, I just think that I can't see what he adds to a football club. And that's, no, that's not saying he's not a great guy. I'm sure he's a beautiful human being. But I just look at it and go... He had every opportunity to build something at the Tigers. He, he could have built an enigma for himself. He could have been the leader of that club. He could have really had 
shown everyone that he was someone who adds utter value to the club. And, and he, it just, it just didn't happen. And I, I, I just think for the dragons, I know dragons fans who are concerned by that signing that the guys, they could have paid a hundred percent of it. I don't know if he really is the player for us. Where are they going to play him? Yeah. That's the other thing. Like what? Well, yeah. yeah. 14. I think they're just going to have, they're going to have to be a backup, but I understand that the Tigers are still paying a ch- paying a chunk of his salary. From what we hear, he's on good money. The, the, I know this well, was is on only room money at yeah, the Dogs. He was on huge money at the Dogs, and the Dogs were paying part of his salary yeah. when he first went to the Tigers. And it's he a, was like on eight hundred or nine hundred thousand a year. The yep. rumors for the current contract are eight hundred thousand. Crazy. Now, if you look at that from the Tigers' point, we were of view, talking let's, about Bill Army kick out yeah. a minute ago. Let's let's flip the coin. Let's flip the coin and look at the Tigers because as we just said there, we're looking at um, options. One option there I, I, I failed to mention and I do have it in my notes to bring up is um, is Peachy. Peachy's actually gone to the Tigers mm-hmm. and when we're looking at, you know, getting some value out of a player, if you, I know they're paying part of his salary, but you look at who's, who's playing um, and buy out Peachy in, um, I think that I think he could he could be a positive addition, Tyrone Peachy, to the to the Tigers if he's in form. The Tigers, Liz, you said could be, and yeah. they use the word if. if. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm trying to give the yeah. Tigers something. <laughs> you know what the thing is with the Tigers though? The Tigers need this. Adam Dewey here, unfortunately, is going to be out. He yeah. is the guy who you build the team around. He has got leadership quality. He's a very, from what we all understand, he's a very uh, clean player who just, who, 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 who people admire, who people respect. He, he works hard at his game. He, 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 you know, he's the last, he's the last out of training. First there. The Tigers need two or three key senior figures that when they, and, and they had it, they did have it this year, where then they walk in, people go, right, shut up and listen. This this guy knows, you know what I mean? I just think that's what the Tigers need more than anything at the moment. Tim Sheens knows that. And I think, I think, I think Madge knows that. I think the problem is it's very hard to ask someone to come to your club for 150000 a year because Moses Embi is taking up 800 of it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If you're a young it's, player, you're playing, circus, you're playing and you're looking at this clown going, and that's no disrespect. That, that was disrespectful. If you're looking at someone like Moses Embi getting 800,000, you're going, hang yeah. on. Look, Adam Dwayne, Adam Dwayne must look at him and go, well, hang on. What have I got to do? You know, like, like, like he's getting this money and it's like, well, you know, like, and I'm a young player. I might be a young player playing my backside off at the Tigers, not off at a contract because you know what? He's on 800 grand. So in the last 10 games where my managers go, mate, the water's run cold. Well, I'm not going to play well. What's the point? Yeah. I'm not getting a contract from you guys. And the problem with the Tigers is it's almost like, it's almost like they've built a culture of, of just of just not wanting to succeed, and that's I'm, I, don't, I don't want to blame Madge because I don't think it is, and I don't I don't I don't honestly don't think Sheen's is going to solve it. 
I actually think they've got to go right back to the report that was made on the Tigers and say, right, it's the board. It's the people pulling the strings that need to be far more professional, that need to start, that needs to start saying, having the hard discussions, that need to start saying to the coach, justify me why this is happening. This is the like, okay. I bet you guys laugh when Michael Cheekham come to South, right? Everyone goes, oh, Shane must be excited. You bet you I'm excited. Because I have no idea why this guy has fallen off the radar at the, at the Tigers. And, and it's either because he's playing poorly, but I don't have the faith in the Tigers to say that that's the case. Is it the fact that he just didn't buy in? I don't know. It's like, it's like when anyone leaves the Tigers, they instantly succeed. Now, I know, I doubt most of it's going to happen to him, but you look at some of the players that have left and become really good players, it's, it's just something, there's some culture in the club that just needs uprooting. Because when a player like, when a player goes from the Tigers to the Dragons, they just, they're just the same. But yet, why is it when a player goes from the Tigers to the Storm or the Tigers to... Like the Sydney Roosters, Roosters Tedesco. No, Tedesco. Yeah. You know, they, these are players that just automatically they just find this new level, and and, it's, and you laugh because the Tigers fan, Tigers fans are going, oh, imagine if we kept Desco, he wouldn't have been the world's best player, mate. I'm sorry, I've got to tell you the truth. You, you don't have, they've got to get something else, that club, and until they get something else, it's mm. you know. The people are talking about them if they don't if they don't finish in the top. No, no I'm sorry. No, I'm make the eight, no, no, no. I think Shane, half, on if... on what you're saying, um, I think, and they do have a lot of money to splash around. Uh, they're very keen on Josh Hodgson, yeah, going there, and I think he'd be the perfect guy, yeah, for that yeah. club, yeah, because he's a leader, yeah, um, and even though. You know, his his best playing days are behind him. He's not the player he was, you know, two and three years ago. Yeah. What it would bring is leadership. And that's what they've really lacked. That's it. Um, Just on your, you know, they leave the Tigers and get better. Um, I think that, that... that one didn't work quite so much for Aaron Woods, but nah, Aaron Woods. Um, no. And then he was another guy. I was actually going to bring him up. Now he goes to the Sharks, and he's just the same. It's it's funny, like those that want to. Well, there's another the dragon. Club, there's yeah, another future yeah, dragon yeah. as well. Yeah. And they and they and you just get these well, players. And I, I don't know if I blame the club, the player, or the club, where they just cycle the club or the player, where they just cycle through these these sort of teams that finish from ninth to 15th and they just cycle around these teams playing football that's not quite mediocre but it just ticks the boxes and you go you know like there's a reason why good clubs don't touch these players that's the thing and i think i think if i was the tigers and maybe that what i'm trying to say is start building a culture where good clubs want your players no, they don't want just the Tedesco's and the Addo cars. They want, you know, the Pappenhausen's. We don't know what to do with Pappenhausen. That's hilarious. Um, they want they want players from your club because they know that you, they've got something. And I think until you're a club that can generate that, you're going to struggle. Like, I look at the Knights. There's players at the Knights that I would want to buy. There are players at 
the Titans, where I go, you know what? That'd be a handy acquisition. Now, take the big four or five clubs out. There's players at the, you know, there's players at the at the Raiders. The, the, I, I, other than Dwayne, Norfoluma, maybe. Um, I don't know oh, if there's I anyone. Want, I wouldn't want Norfoluma. Yeah, but that's His what I said. Maybe. Is awful. So I said maybe, you know, maybe in a good system with a good structure, he'll learn a few things. Yeah, that's true though. Yeah, but, you're but right. Adam Dewey, he's probably the only one. Dewey, he definitely. Yeah, and that's it. You look at okay, so Utoi really, Kamanu, he's another yeah, one. Ikemanu. Yeah. So really, your club has one player that you're willing that other teams will be willing to buy. You've got to fix that first. Mm. And 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 when you look at um, sort of long term for the Tigers, uh, I can only see three players on my list that they have signed beyond 2023. That's Jake Simkin, Nofaluma, and Zane Musgrove. So they're going uh, all out to extend Utoi Kamanu. That'd be a good thing for them He's to signed to the end of 2023 currently. Yeah. But but the, the, the other team we keep saying we're going to get to, we might as well just jump on them while we're talking about them briefly there, guys, is... The Dragons, um, they're one of those teams where they've got, um, there's going to be a fair turnover here in players. If I just, just give you a bit of a list here of some of the players coming to the club for 2022, you've got Jaden Sewer, Francis Molo, George Burgess, Moses Mbai, Moses Sully. Uh, we've got two Moseses, there you go. Uh, Aaron Woods, Jack Gajeski, and Tao Tao Moga. Now, um, which one of those is at the height of their NRL career? I'd say Suli is a good signing. I know that they, mm-hmm. I know they do pay a bit of money for it. And yeah. I think Jaden Sewer is a good signing. Yeah. And, and, and keep... good for South, you know, in the in the latter parts of the year. Mm. They've they've got a few players leaving as well. Uh, one of the that probably didn't we forgot about a little bit due to a, a major injury was Cameron McInnes. We didn't see much of him, obviously. Uh, last year, what do you think of his move? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs to the Sharks. Yeah, can't go any worse than at the Dragons. Um, he's, he's probably moving to a better team, but um, is it a promotion or a sideways? Look, I think he'll be getting paid a lot of money. So for him and his family, he'll see it as a promotion. Yeah, it, it's a long list of ins for the Dragons next year. It, it it is, and and given that we've we talked about Clune going to the Knights, Dufty's off to the Bulldogs. Other players leaving include Pereira. That's the one that that's the one I shake my head at. Yeah, Pereira, what, uh, Ellis. What are you doing, Williame, Corey Norman, uh, Jared Bill, Billy Britton, and Hayden Lomax. Um, can I can I ask a question? I, I I brought this up with someone last week. We talked about Matt Dufty. Would Matt Dufty get a start? In most, if not all, NRL sides, it, you know, most take, most take yes. South Penrith, most yes, and, um, Melbourne out. He would probably get a start, maybe as a maybe on the reserves, but he would he would be in the starting squad for most of those teams, right? Well, so is that credit yeah. to the Bulldogs for a good signing? On at his best, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, agree I don't. With you, I don't Rick. understand. Like, I don't get it either. That's my point. There's obviously a, an issue with Dufty within a squad because it was the same issue when McGregor was there 
and with Griffin. The, the guy yeah. was in and out of the team. Now, on talent, he's in there every day of the week. Um, I don't know what it is about Dufty. Does he not turn that up? Seems train, to, it seems what? to rub his coaches the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, at face value, it don't seem right because he was a spark for that team over a couple of years. And he had a, a big hand in a large percentage of the tries that they scored. Um, yes, de- defensively, he's got you know obvious deficiencies. But it's got to be more than that, you know. Um, it's got to be about attitude. Yeah, I um, think so too. And whether and, and this is you know the Bulldogs only signed him to one year, um, which I think was probably smart. Um, and yeah. I dare say they probably yeah. didn't have to pay too much for him because it didn't seem to be a lot of clubs after his signature. Um, he's not going to a strong club at this stage. Um, he's not really being in a, in a strong club, but we know that his highlight reel is, is pretty much as good as anyone. Yeah. Um, so yes, you know, defensive deficiencies, but the highlights would outweigh that. So it's got to be off the field where there's got to be issues that we don't really know about, but it's not yeah. just a problem with one coach. It's been two head coaches the same situation in and out to the team. It'd be interesting to see how he copes with the pressure of the wooden spoon as blowtorch on him. Because I think, yeah, the dogs next year, they've, they've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at the at the salary cap. So um, just on the just on that, Gray, um, talking about the dogs, talking about certain clubs, the draw. What do we think about the draw? Um, I know off-air, Griffo, you said it, it, it's, it's massive. It does play a role. I agree with you. Um, do we do we look at the draw and go? Some teams are winners and other teams are absolute losers. Because I look at the I look at the Broncos. The Broncos will have to play out of their skin to make the eight, in my opinion. What do you reckon, Gray? Yeah. Um, it, it, look, every year we know that some clubs get tougher draws than others. Um, I'm split. Like I used to buy into this a fair bit and say that um, it did make a difference. It does. Obviously, you know, once we get to the end of the year, usually the best teams are there. But I think it does have an impact. Um, the main things looking at for me were, um, the. There's a couple of things. One is the start to the year. If you got a tough start to the year, and I know some clubs have a tough start to the year. Um, and I know, you know, everyone will be aware that I was looking at South Sydney start and the implications of playing, um, you know, teams like the Melbourne Storm without Latrell Mitchell. Um, the fact that it's no coincidence that his first game back will be against the Roosters. The other thing that I think we need to look at and uh, be aware of is who your team plays around that origin period, what players are going to be missing. And I think overall what you were alluding to, Shane, was the fact that some clubs um, will be playing more games against top eight teams than other clubs. And uh, it really just continues the uh, the discussion in regards to the draw not being equitable in a sense because we don't play um, everyone twice. 
We play everyone once and some teams twice. And I think one of the teams that you picked out, Griffo, that highlights um, how tough the draw could be were, were the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, it's not fair draw. I'm just looking at, uh, at that diagram of so-called winners and losers. Now, the Brisbane Broncos, they came in at 14th. They play 14 games against top eight sides from this year. They play six games against top, including six games against top four sides. They've only got 10 games from the bottom eight. Now, take into account they were in the bottom eight themselves. So you've got to expect maybe it's going to be a little bit less because, you, you know, they can't play themselves. The team below them, the, the Cowboys, they only have 11 games against top eight sides. That's less than half. They've got 13 games against the bottom eight, and they were in the bottom eight themselves. They've got six games against bottom four. Now, they were in the bottom four. So that means they play the other three teams that were down at the cellar. They play them twice. That's a saloon passage. If that team's, if that team can't make the eight, then Peyton's got to go. They got an easy draw. Likewise, the Titans, the Titans, only ten games against top eight sides from this year. Mm. Just five games against the top four teams. That means there's only one of those top four they play twice. 14 games against bottom eight sides. Titans must make the eight and should be aiming for the top four with that easy draw. The Newcastle Knights, likewise, they had the easy draw this year. If you you have a look, Griffo, just quickly about the Titans, I'll I'll tell you the teams they play twice. Sorry to cut you off, but just just to give everyone a bit of an understanding... So obviously we play everyone once. The Titans play the Seagulls, Eels, Knights, Sharks, Raiders, Dragons, Warriors, Broncos, Cowboys twice. Wow. No Panthers, no Rabbitohs, no, no Roosters, no, no Storm. Storm. Yep. That's not fair. Right. I mean, will... you love it if you're the Titans. Mm. Sorry, Griff, I just thought I'd add that there. Just to no, give no, an it's important that you do, Graham. Newcastle Knights, they had the easy draw this year. They only made the eight because they had the yeah. easy draw. And that's They've why we had teams going out the back door in week top one. Eight teams. Yeah, that's right. And they went straight out the back door, didn't they? I, they were I think, never a contender. I think part of this, gentlemen, I, I can understand part of it, is that they want to have the blockbusters. Yeah. So they want yeah. the Roosters to play the Rabbitohs twice. They want the Panthers to play the Storm twice, to play the yeah. Rabbitohs twice. Now, that's well and good, but it's not fair. Now, going back a few years, they used to sort of do it so that they mixed it up. So, you know, you sort of have more of a mixture against the top and the bottom Mm. from the previous year. Um, I used to think, oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just get to the top eight and then off you go. It's a new comp. But the reality is that some of the best teams 
might just make the eight or might actually just miss out, particularly if they get hit by a few injuries, yep. against some of these lesser lights who've got a simple draw. It's not fair. Yeah, and, you know, like in the team, team Graham, and I go for South Sydney, I look at their draw and they've got a really tough start. If they come out of that winners, they should come close to the minor premiership because after that, things are very kind. Mm. They start off with Brisbane, Melbourne, Roosters, Panthers. That's the first four weeks. Yep. And mm. a few away there too. And if they come yeah, out of that... they go to Suncorp, then Melbourne, their first home game against the Roosters, and then they play away to Penrith. If they come out of that well, mm. they've then got a good... Yeah. They're going but, down the hill pretty early. So they climb the hill and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. It's and, and you know what? That happens some years where some some top, you know, we go, oh, that club's you know, that club's had a shocker. They've they've they're they're one from three. And you look at who they play, and then all of a sudden they go on a, a five, six game winning streak because they've just played the they've played the who's who early. Yeah, and the interesting thing you come to origin time, a team like Penrith. Who are going to be affected by Origin? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the the week before the first Origin, when they won't have their Origin players, uh, they they play against the Bulldogs. Now, some people might say they look. I mean, the Bulldogs squad. We don't know what they're going to do next year, but they could be one of those teams where they have enough to get the job done against the Panthers when they're down on troops. But when teams like the Rabbitohs, the Storm and the Roosters and the Seagulls are playing the Bulldogs on any other given week, they will beat them. It, 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 really, does, it really does impact. Um, yeah, well, the Panthers got beat this year by the West Tigers correct. and the Cronulla Sharks during yeah. that when they didn't have their origin players. Yeah, and then I see, and then I see things like... Um, and look, I, I know that, you know... It's, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm not starting a conspiracy, but when you've got the storm, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got you've got other origin weeks. I'm not going to bring up, you know, too many other clubs and, and turn it into a bit of a winch fest, but I, I think a lot of fans are starting to look at some of the, 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 the teams that are getting buys in certain weeks. It's, it, it's not equitable. Even the buys, when the buys are placed, all of that is... Um, is having a significant impact. Yeah, I think I think one of the top sides, we, we might see it this year, where one of the teams that we think are you know top four material, they might not make the eight. Yeah, because of the tough draw, because of missing players in Origin, and if you get a couple of injuries added on to that, you might be in trouble. Mm. And yeah. and and then you get clubs like the Roosters. Um, they finish the season with an away trip to the Storm and then South in the final round. It's, you know, I know it can't be... It'd be an absolute nightmare to, to sort out and, and and work out, but I just find it interesting, Um, you know, and another situation here, you've got the the Manly side. I, I saw their... This is this is funny. Their, their odds on the betting um, futures for next year's premiership actually shortened when the draw came out yep. and I I was actually surprised I saw that they're now the third favorite for next year's premiership I saw the draw and I noticed that they only have four games against um, top four teams this year now obviously they are one of those top four 
But, you know, I mean, the Melbourne Storm play six top four teams. The the Roosters play eight. Yeah, the uh, Roosters are the team four. that I look at. I Roosters, look at Manly. If Manly don't make the top four. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, they then play, I think they then play something like, the, the Manly Seagulls have four, four of the top, they play four, the top four, four times. And then the bottom eight, 12 with the top eight, 12. And then the bottom four, they play six times. So it's like they're playing the only... teams in the second half of this year's eight, which wasn't strong. Yeah, the only the only thing why I say South Sydney is I think South Sydney play seven of the bottom four sides. They do. Most seven of their fans. games are against bottom four. Teams. No, unless and, and you know like yeah, I, I say the Cowboys would should improve and the Broncos should improve, but but that's yeah, equal I, most the seven, so that's. I look at the the team I look at in the, that I would think okay could they be a top four is the Roosters. The Roosters played last year's top four eight times. Yeah, thirteen oh, against man, the top eight. Big, I actually think they, the uh, is the same, they got tough draw. Yes, Para's the same. Para's yeah. exactly the same. I don't know if I put Para in in the same league as as, as the Roosters. And, no, but and I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah Para's exactly the same. Got, it's just a tough draw. Yeah, yep. I, I can't see Para making the four. No way, shape, no. or form. Probably struggle the eight. Um, but the Roosters, just looking at that, unless they pull something out of the bag um, and a top four team really does dwindle, um, they could they could struggle again. They may not make their four. And 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 when looking at who's your top eight, I got Manly in automatically oh, yeah. based on their draw. They're in my top four based on this. Yeah. And, and my biggest movers based on this draw, since the draw has come out, my biggest movers are the Titans. Have to be. Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. Yes. They 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 have to be. Like yep. they're they've they're fourteen, five top four, you know. Like when you look at top eight versus bottom eight, they're they're fifteen they're fifteen and twenty mm. games. And like this is games. this is really you're a victim to your marketability and your traditional rivalries. So we talked about um, the the Broncos having to play the most games against top eight teams. The television side of things where we joke and call them the Friday Night Broncos is because in the Queensland market, it's good for ratings. And the unfortunate thing for the Broncos next year is that for those ratings to keep high for the te- and to keep um, you know the television companies happy, which we understand we want to keep them happy given how lucrative the uh, the television rights deal is, that means that they're going to be playing top teams most weeks for entertainment purposes and TV ratings. Yep. I think they got it tough. I, I, I look at, you know, my, my thoughts. I'm not a Broncos fan at all, but I think it's been, no. they're, they're being very fair. harshly dealt with. Yeah, very harsh. Well, I, I it's a what, big year I, for them. They've got some big players coming over too. If someone says who finishes further up the field, um, like you said, Griffo earlier, is it the Cowboys or the Broncos? I'd have to say the Cowboys based on the draw. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll 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 see. Look, obviously, we talk about the draw impacting. Um, you, you'd rather an easier draw, but. Look, I, I, as I always say, I feel like another the cream t- does rise to the top. But... I'll tell you another team who are in yeah. trouble. 
Another team who are in trouble are the are the um are the Raiders. Yep. I looked at the Raiders. What's their I look at the Raiders. Team. Right, they've got to play out of this. Thirteen and seven. Oh, yeah, that's seven awesome. They've got to play. They've got to play out of their skin next year. To, they to only play. They only have five games against bottom four teams. They've got to play out of their skin to get back in the mm. game. Yeah. Look I at the team below them on the ladder. The Dragons. And it's a flip of the Raiders. Mm. They've got all yeah. their games against the crap teams. Yep. It yep. Really. 13. Again, yeah. 20, 20, again, 20, hmm. um, 20, 20 bottom eight games. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Of course, bottom, of course, that's, it's, 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 it's absorbed into that, but the number's 20, but yeah, 13 in the bottom eight. And of that bottom eight, there's seven games against the bottom four. Yeah. And it, it, look, it... Just before I go, you know, as I said, with with different teams, not to pick it, even when we just look at the balance of the draw, you've got to also take into account when teams are, are playing each other. And, you know, I mentioned the Storm. Um, really, when we're looking at their start to the year, um, they do play the Rabbitohs in round two without Latrell Mitchell. But, you know, they start off against the Tigers, then they've got the Rabbitohs, then they've got the Eels, Dogs, Raiders, Sharks, Warriors, Knights, Dragons. They don't really... I mean, apart from that South Sydney game, the next big game they've got is um, Magic Round against the Panthers. It's... I just... And then they have, you know, Cowboys. And then it's, I just find that it can really make a difference when these... Teams have these big games, and whether they're spaced out, you have a couple of big games in a row, you got to get up. We talked about that in finals, playing back to back to back um, tough games. Obviously, the Panthers were were able to do it, but yeah, it, it's, we could talk about this all day. But really, is um, it's it it's not an equitable draw, and next year uh, we're going to have the um the added implication yeah. of an odd number of teams and a buy each week. So uh, you could imagine, you know, that's going to be another um, another area for us to chat about when the buy is, who you get your buy, you know, who you play after the buy, so on and so forth. It's, it's not something, Graham, that I've really thought about too much in the past, to be honest. But looking at that, I, I just I think there's an equity issue there. Um, yeah. But anyway... When it's broken down. And these these numbers, if you're wondering this chart we referred to and these numbers, are Fox League are the ones that put it out. So if you're on the Fox League website, um, it's pretty easy to find their article on um, on the draw. They've actually titled it Storm's Lucky Hand as Broncos Dealt League Worst uh, Issue. So, yeah, very interesting. Now, the other thing that we need to talk about, guys, obviously... Um, Apart from the NRL this year, there was another thing that was uh, was happening around the world called uh, COVID-19. Uh, it's been impacting on the rugby league and obviously uh, the rest of the world over the past couple of years. The uh, The great news for us here in, um, in the Sydney region is that uh, we're starting to open up again. Uh, we weren't even able to get together for the grand final during lockdown. Uh, Given the double vaccination rates are so high, it is all starting to open up. But this does provide an um, 
an interesting situation for NRL players, specifically uh, some of the NRL players we're hearing around the traps who are not um, taking up the option to be vaccinated. Uh, do we think, guys, we're going to see hard and fast rules next year where unvaccinated NRL players will not be able to take the field? I think the government will... I think that I think Queensland have already said, unless you double vax, don't ask. Um, I think I think the AFL have really pushed the lead on this. Um, I, I got a gut feeling that you know after I think I think everyone's looking at this December one thing, and, and when we look at we look at sort of sporting codes other than the NRL, they, they, they've drawn a line in the sand, and 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 it's. And governments like it, um, places like it, like really, you know, we've seen in other codes, other codes want to see nothing more than out of one venue at the game, everyone's double vaxxed. It's done. The AFL come out and said they're going to, you know, they're not going to accept the fact if you're not double vaxxed. I think, I think they're going to set the, the bar on this and and effectively I can't see players who aren't vaccinated having any longevity in the game. I think their hands are going to be forced. We spoke about this during the year. Even if you're not vaccinated, all of a sudden the vaccinated player is going to be worth more than an unvaccinated one. I think teams are just going to take the stance that we want vaccinated players. Um, I, 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 I think, I, I really think Governments like Queensland and, and maybe, and, and if you know, if the AFL do it, Victoria, um, I think if those cards, if they if they play those cards, New South Wales will follow. They'll, they'll more or less have to, and in the end, you won't be able to play without being double vaxxed. So, I, I think, I think, I think you're just going to have to get vaccinated. That's that's my view. Um, I'm double vaxxed. I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm, I'm not saying this because. I have an allegiance one way or another. I'm just, it's common sense that basically you, you're, you're, you have the ability to be vaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated, I guarantee your value is going to drop. And when people say, oh, that's discrimination, hang on, it's rugby league. We discriminate against things like skill and tactics and how good a player you are. Personality if you're a dickhead. That. Yeah, the game's built on that. So don't start with, oh, they hang on. That's no, no, no. You, you, need a, you need a series of things to be a good rugby league player. Vaccination is going to be one of them. It's funny. Um, it, it's it, a requirement a, of our job. That, yeah, it's a requirement of our job. I was job. going to say that, I've you know, little, that... Um, I've got very little. Sympathy. You can't go to work if you're no. not double vaxxed. And, I can't and, go to work if I'm not double vaxxed. So yeah. that's how it should yeah. be. And we're seeing it around the world in a lot of sporting codes and, and in Australia now where. In codes where they've said, okay, if you're not vaccinated, you can play, it has turned south quickly and players just haven't been able to do what they thought they could do. Get vaccinated. And, and it's, a, it's a situation really to, to protect the other players and their health. Because in any situation we're in at the moment, I mean, we'll, we might even be in a situation, Griffo, where the fans have to be vaccinated to view the game. But I also think this might be becoming might become a bigger issue if they actually... Um, you know, did a whip around and asked the players who are vaccinated whether or not they feel as though it's um it's safe to play with um 
other other teammates and other players who aren't vaccinated. Yep. I think there's a lot of issues. I think one of them is that I'd say there'd be a lot of uh, NRL players who did get double vaxxed because they felt as though they weren't going to be able to play hmm. if they weren't. And, you know, we've uh, there was it was reported that there's only 15, uh, 15 players now, contracted players, who are not vaxxed and have a sort of an anti-vax stand, including, um, you know, obviously uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Yep. Um, including Jason Tamalolo, Apisai Corisau, yep. Dylan Walker, um, Kelly from the Titans, um, and obviously a few others. Now, they're high-profile players. Um, and a, a guy who is not as high-profile um a sign in for the Bulldogs, I think he's signed on for like a hundred and eighty thousand. John Asiata. Yep. Now Asiata came out and said, Well, I don't want to get vaxxed. I'm just gonna go and work on a construction site. Well, Mr. Asiata, here's a little bit of news for you. You can't get on a construction site <laughs> unless you're double vaxxed. Yeah. 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 It's you know, you're an idiot. I think um yeah. It, this is a wider issue than rugby league. It's a society thing. I think, um, really, for the health and safety, it, it's going to be a, 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 a it's a health issue, really. So, yeah, Graham, I'm going to say I'm going to say yeah. that here, the majority of rugby league players, the majority of rugby league coaches, and the majority of rugby league assistant coaches have 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 children. If you look at it, the collective, would we have children under the age of twelve? They don't have an option as yet to be vaccinated. Yep. If I'm a player who's vaccinated and my kids are coming to the game and my kids are in the sheds yep. with a player who's not vaccinated, I don't know if I... Look, look I'm not a virologist, but I'm not comfortable with the idea. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those things to keep an eye on. And um, Yeah, and, and look, really, we're talking about a really small percentage of players, but yeah. depending on the club but and who the player is... Noise. Enough to make yeah. noise. They make oh, the noise. Well, we, we, you know, we talked about very, Penrith. Coruscant is a big part of that club. Very shortly, triple vax is going to be the thing there. Yeah. Very yeah, shortly, and, it's going to be triple vax. All of a sudden, people go, oh, well, you know, if they're not vaccinated to play, well, why should I be bothered to get... I only got vaccinated so I can play. Well, I've, yeah. you know, I've done that now. One thing to keep in mind, too, as we get closer to the season, I know we're still a few months out, but given the time that's required between vaccinations, if we don't start to see, you know, take the Coruscant situation, if we don't see um, rules that indicate he can play, uh, you know, or if, if they say, look, you can't play until you're double vaxxed, the, the later this is left, obviously the more time he's going to miss given the fact that it's not just, okay, I got my jab on Sunday, I'm playing on Monday. Uh, a lot of the rules we've got to remember are double vaccinations. And even with uh, my understanding is the, the minimum time between vaccinations is probably about three weeks. So, yeah, definitely something to keep our eye on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I've been supportive of the NRL administration 
in most of the decision making. But I, I think they, uh, I'm disappointed in the stance they took. I, yeah. I, I applaud the AFL. Yeah, they're dropping but, the ball a bit, aren't they, Griff? But they need to come out and say, we, we want everyone yeah. vaccinated. It's for the safety of the players, yeah. the staff, their families, the spectators, anyone who's involved in rugby league at all. Our employer, our employer tells us we can't work if we're not double yeah. vaccinated. Yep. And it's a public... And, and, and that's right. I, I support them in that. Yeah. Mate, there were people working in retail who were basically told... You cannot work while we're in lockdown. There's, there's So many people have been affected by this. And what we need to remember is for these NRL players, this is employment. They need to make a decision. And whilst I, if, if you don't get vaccinated, that's your choice. However, please understand that given the current um, climate we live in, probably not the best word, but the current circumstances and looking after the health of the public... You need to be prepared that if you aren't going to be vaccinated, that you will not be able to work as an NRL player. Yep. Simple as that, I think. Anyway, look, and and, and then you get other NRL players. One I want to mention before we go off air, guys, and I didn't mention him earlier on, uh, some players it's, it's taken out of their hands as to whether or not they can continue in rugby league. And one of those players I want to mention is Keegan Hipgrave. Uh, yep. Some of you may have heard during the week that um, he's actually been forced into retirement. Uh, he's only 24 years of age. Uh, I think the last head knock he got, Griffo, you might even remember this, was it against Penrith in that game towards the end of the year? Sorry, uh, Graham, I, I missed that. Um, my internet's playing silly boogers. Um, what, sorry, what mate. What was your question? Just Keegan Hipgrave. I was just saying um, he's he's retired due to a series uh, of concussions. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the... the, um, the the last one, I think, was was in that game against Penrith in round 25. He's, um, yeah, I really feel sorry for that guy. Mm. He's one of these 100% give-it-your-all guys, and um, yeah. he's had a lot of concussions. I, 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 I wish really, good health. I yeah. really hope, yeah. I really hope that, that that he pursues maybe you know the coaching side of things and and and, and somehow gets a gig. He, yeah. he, you're right. He gives 110%, and. Um, and, and, you know, never shied away from a tackle that unfortunately probably was his downfall, you know, very brave. And I, I hope that if he's got it in him to, to be a part of rugby league still, whether it's in administration or coaching, because um, from what I understand, he's a really good bloke and clubs and leagues need that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and- a conditioner or something like yeah. that might be yeah. his goal, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah. It seems like he'd, he'd do a really good job with that sort of thing. Yeah, and keeping in mind too, um, he he's only been at the, the the Eels for a short time. He played most of his uh, first grade football at the Gold Coast, and I think that's where he is actually from. So, um, yeah, whether he's in Parramatta or going back to the Gold Coast, personally, we wish him all the best. He played forty nine first grade games. It was a was a shame that um, he didn't quite get to that fifty games. Well, but really, forty nine quality, really. Yeah, yeah, nine with Para, forty with 49, the Titans. Forty nine quad like you couldn't you couldn't argue that he wasn't um you know he he was never just making up the numbers. He was a solid contributor to both those sides. Twenty four. So, Twenty four years. Yeah. But yeah, it just really, shows the young. too young to have Very that young. problem. Too young yeah. to be and it just shows too look, I'll be honest with you, in for him personally, 
um, you know, this could be a great thing because if we go back, if we had a player like this in the 80s and 90s, they would have gone on to play 300 games yeah, and unfortunately. have half a dozen concussions, you know, a year uh, yeah, and just... Um, yeah, and, 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 and then the longevity in regards to their health. And as we said, we've just had a chat about the health of the players and that being paramount. Um, so, yeah, um, wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Now, just that, that's just jogged my memory about something that's happened uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago in relation to concussion. I think there's about eight or nine former Super League players, I think, who are bringing a class action. Yeah against uh, the Super League. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I mean, I, I do feel, obviously, for those players, but I don't want to see no. a game, basically, you know, they, they could face financial ruin. Um, yeah, but if you've got 50 players, and, you know, if the... Um... Yeah, geez, I don't know. It, 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 because I think it's the Rugby Football League, the RFL, if I'm not mistaken, is the governing body for the Super League. They're claiming they failed in their duty of care. Uh, if, if they're on the, I suppose, the, the losing side of this, that, that could really... From um, what? Look, I'm not this. the Super League as a competition yeah. from what I'm seeing. Oh. I'm not all over this yet, and um, I have done some reading, but not really in depth. But one of the things I think the problem is, is when when Super League or when yeah when the governing body in England really wanted to get something happening and get things up and moving, um, their their duty of care, but also their contracts and, and and the fine print and everything like that wasn't as ironclad as as what the New South Wales Rugby League moving into the ARL, moving into the NRL was. So the problem is where apparently these players have seen, like I said, I'm I'm very loosely paraphrasing things here, where a lot of these players have seen that they can, and in, is that there's a series of of loopholes that that the, that the contracts and the, and the governing body at the time just couldn't sew up and, and chose not to sew up to create football and bums on seats and create a competition that has now may be come back to bite them for what we understand the super league have basically said look um at the end of the day rugby league is a contact sport um you know we we, we leave it up to doctors and we leave it up to teams to basically say whether they whether they have um you know whether they're whether they're right to play and um they're very they're not as strong as what the NRL was when this came out here, where they said, no, we have processes. We've got this. We always have done. They've, it's a lot looser, in my opinion. And I think that's going to be, I think this is where their class action could get some traction because they're not going to be able to, things weren't as ironclad. Things things were a little bit sketchy. And, and you know, that they've sort of taken the line of well, you know, and 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 rugby have still do it. You know what you're getting yourself into. I don't know why I have to tell you to stop playing. If you're not ready to play, don't play. You know, if if you're drunk, if you're drunk and you hop behind the car, that's your problem. It's not the mate's problem for telling you you shouldn't have drank. And I think that uh, not that you know, 
you, you may it's drunk, don't let them drive. But I think the problem is the British line is the onus has to be on the person as well. You know, we're a competition and we, we play rugby league and this is the game we play. The concussions come about not, you know, if they come about due to foul play, well, then they get a suspension. So I think that the, the angle that the British are going down, and like I said, I'm loosely paraphrasing here, um, it, it, it's not as methodical as what the Australian ARL, NRL was, one was. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens because I think the argument from Super League actually probably allows for more traction for these players. Um, you don't like anyone getting injured and you don't like anything happening, but it seems to be gaining momentum in a very bizarre way. You know, it's not one or two players. It's a, it's a, it's a truckload of them at once. I, I, I just, you know, like, you know, it, 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 they've already said, well, we need medical reports from every player and our doctor's got to go through them and our doctors have got to say, so it's going to be a drawn out process. This is not going to end. This is not going to end within the next couple of years, I don't think. But you don't want this. If this is the domino that falls, well, this could be, this could this could be something for the rest of the rest of the competition in the world to see. We know that it only took one domino for the NRL for the NFL in America, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting outcome, although it's in the very early days. I don't know. I'm not a legal person, but you go. Um... In certain activities, you sort of sign a disclaimer. Yeah, and like that's, you jump yeah. out of the plane or something like that. Yeah, and I think you sign the, a disclaimer. I mean, you can get yeah. injured. I think the problem. I think the problem with the British Super League one, it wasn't designed. There was ample loopholes. I I think what what's happening in some of the cases is they're also seeing some of the the, the things that are happening in the um the US with the NF. NFL, one of the, you know, some of the, some of the situations you have here, um, I think what, what players are saying is that they're actually questioning some of the processes at certain yeah, clubs at yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, there was one, play I won't, yeah, yeah, there was, there was, there was yeah. one player that said that um, he was knocked out and played the following week and didn't have a doctor's check. And basically they said, are you good to play? And he said, yeah, I'll play. I think, I think and there's then also... he played. So I think what they're trying to question is whether or yeah. not these clubs could, because I know even with, um, uh, look. And Graham, I think that's the, the menace one. He was, yeah. he was actually, yeah. he was actually taking, um, Newcastle, wasn't it? He was yeah, actually taking yeah, the club yeah, to yeah. court and saying yeah. they didn't do everything within their duty of care to look after him. Yeah, I, I think it's not. In... So, it's a really complicated one because I don't think it's as simple as um, they understand yeah. the risk of playing NRL and it's NRL's fault. What they're the saying other... is that there weren't always the processes right. in place to ensure their safety. The the, the other problem. The other problem is there seems to be a, a lot of rumors going around, and it's probably alluding to the same player you're talking about where apparently Super League had said to certain clubs during blockbuster games, are these guys right to play? Or, 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 or are you doing everything within your power so that we have the matchups during these blockbuster games? Now, 
read into that what you want. I don't know whether that was a concussion or knee injury, but it seemed like, you know, we know the Super League was teetering at one stage. And, and, and when they went on the, the, the sort of the buying blitz of Australian players where you'd make a mozza in England, you know, that, those days are no longer with us. But there was once upon a time, you know, very mediocre players were getting paid fortunes in, 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 in England. And it, was, and it was becoming a problem. And the NRL had to do numerous things to try and uh, abate that. And some of that was quality football, the, you know, and, you know, that's the thing. Were players playing in a situation where they may should, that maybe they shouldn't have. But, yeah, I think... I think All above it's, us. It's very early yeah, days. Absolutely. It's, mm. it's going to be years. This is yeah. going to be years. This is not one or two. Nah, people. I'll look at yeah. look at the stuff in the US with the NFL and the um, the research that you know Chris Nowinski is doing, and then yeah. you know that that being used then, uh, and the amount of NFL players who are experiencing um, CTE, early onset dementia, so on and so forth, and even some of the um, NRL players that have talked about it, um, yeah. One I remember talking quite publicly about uh, things like this. Ian Roberts, you know, now does a lot of acting and has has mentioned that he's, you know, he's got a lot of trouble remembering his lines and, you know, that was sort of a bit of a trigger where he started to look into it. So, look, at, at the end of the day, we want the health of the players and and, oh, and for those and for those people who are following this can understand now why things like shoulder charge. The NRL looked at the shoulder charge. They're looking at the high tackle rules. This is why. The, the blokes that are standing around the water cooler or at the bar at the pub, they go, oh, you, all you got to do is, you know, look at the guy's head yeah. and, he, and it's a high tackle. This, this, is, a, this is really an, um, an, an implication of um, obviously the, the health, the understanding we have now of brain injuries and also to the, um, the legal implications that could come down the track. So, yep. yeah, Morel's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. What yeah. we're seeing, though, to be, is that most of the concussions now seem to be from guys going in in tackles yeah. and getting hit with a, a hip or a knee. Yeah. Or technique. Um, yeah, rather than, you know, from a swinging arm. Uh, yeah. That's that's still, yes, that's we've seen a few of those. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen got hit. Uh, early in the season, it was fully my own, but that's that's not the common yeah, practice. Yeah. Um, it's more the accidental stuff now. Uh, yeah. Um, one other thing, guys, that has just come up within the last week, and um, I think it's a bit of an issue going forward. Um, is is the the QRL who came out and say. Said we're going to give the uh, the ladies Origin players the equal pay to the men. Yep. yep. Now, I, I see both sides of this. I mean, um, I'm all for equal pay, irrespective of your gender, uh, as a general rule. Um, and and in the job that we do, of course, it's it's equal pay. We're doing the same job. Um, and, and in most jobs, that's the case. But I think in the sporting field, there's, there's I, I see do see a difference. Um, in that, 
um, the money generated by the ladies at this stage is 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 very low, and and I want to see women's rugby league thrive. My fear is that perhaps the and and the NR the guys have been they they took a pay cut for Origin. They were they were getting thirty thousand a game two years ago, and because of COVID, because of the uh, the loss of money into the NRL coffers, they agreed to go to drop it to fifteen thousand per game. Now I believe that's going back up to thirty thousand next year. That's a lot of cash. Um, and I know the state of origin generates more than that. Obviously, it's 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 a major money spinner for the uh, for the rugby league. Um, so it can it can meet those needs of, of of the men players. The ladies, however, don't generate that sort of revenue for the game at this stage. And. Um, And to be paying out $30,000 to each player, I don't think is sustainable. Um, you're then taking a, a whole heap of cash away from money that could be going towards grassroots development of both the boys' and girls' game. Um, so, as I said, I see both sides of this. Um, I, thought, I think the QRL... They've created an issue where one didn't exist. I don't know that the ladies were saying we want the same money for an origin game as I, I'd not have anyone. Um, but it's it's brought this, and it's, it's a point of discussion. And it's like the tennis, um, where the men and the women get the same amount of money. Um, yeah. Uh, they don't yeah. quite play the same game though. Um, yeah. the, the five sets for the men, three for the women. Um, I just, uh, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know that there's a perfect answer here. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's. A, I, it, I'll let you go, Shane. Yeah, I, 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 I read it and I thought, uh, to be honest, I, I didn't think much of it. The biggest thing for me that come out of that was was that I thought. Really, you, you you okay? You're giving them the pay for 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 the game for the for the for the at the moment one game they play and hopefully oh no for the three games they play sorry because they're playing a series now. Um, I think I'd rather see money diverted into the development of a strong female competition first, of of a competition that's got you know ten teams in it, not not four, not six, not eight, but but you know something that that. But look, if you could have every team in the competition have field a female side, that would be fantastic. It's it's, that's it's the growing. ideal. That's the ideal. Yeah. That's what's growing. I think that's where funds have to be funneled to. Um, yeah, these. I, I don't want to sound rude. Maybe is the right word in what I'm about to say is these people are at the elite of their, They're not the people. They're not going to leave rugby league. Like they should get pay, and they probably should get more than what they've had. Um, whether it's equal pay, 
I don't know. I, I, yes or no, I'm, I'm not too sure. That I think I think this is well the cart before the horse. I think what we've got to do is wind back and say we want a female rugby league competition that's strong, that's viable, that that look, I love going to watch female rugby league. I think it's fantastic. And I would love to see it before every NRL game. When it was at North Sydney, I took my girls down to watch it. We we had a great time. We love watching um, female rugby league. And, and I'm an advocate for it. I want to see it. The biggest thing is, I think, something of what you're saying, Griff, is that funneling the funds straight to a group of players who are the elite players and deserve to get paid very well. And, you know, and I think we've got to get past the days where poor origin players had to, you know, they had to take time off work and they had to yeah, take leave without that's pay. Insane. And that's, that's, you know, not that's, that's insane. That's not professional. Okay. We've got to give them professional pay. We've got to give them professional conditions and we've got to, we've got to give them compensation. I think the step back needs to be taken where we just develop a very strong system for quality female rugby league players to come through. These players have broken the mold and they've come through it and they're fantastic at what they do and they deserve every accolade and they deserve every bit of pay they get. But let's wind it back a bit. If we start funneling, and, and this is what happens when you funnel money to the upper echelon of your game, without giving it to the next level, the next level dies and dissipates very quickly. Like what's happened with the men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that and what that's, you're trying to say? Yeah. yeah, and I think I think I'd rather see I'd rather see a very strong, high quality. You know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have known um, females who who have played, who who are, who are part of NRL clubs. I know of one at the moment who's part of an NRL club, um, and I want to see her succeed, and I want to see her maybe play Origin for New South Wales one day. The thing is, you've got to have the strong base before you get the springboard for that. And I think I think the equal pay is great. As long as you're not diverting that funds away from here, from the bottom, is if you're diverting those funds away, well then you've just, you've just created a false economy. To make it to make just to sort of sum it up for you guys, because I'm I'm for the equal pay for the women. Is it um, is it a situation for you guys? You're concerned that they can't afford this. So really, yeah, if we well, if I, we I argument's think... sake, if we do the maths, if we've got a squad of twenty that play for Queensland. And they get fifteen thousand dollars per NRL game. Uh, per sorry, no NRL per Origin game. There's three. How many games it's is it? One game. Thirty. Thirty next 30. year. All right. So thirty. Are they still only playing one game next year? Because it's thirty sure. this year. They only had one game, didn't they? I think. I think and the men get thirty per game. So well, we're paying. They do. Yeah. So yeah. we're paying the men. We're already paying the men three times as much because they get the opportunity to play three yeah. more games. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking about $30,000 $30, and we have to pay that to 20 players, that's $600,000. I'm, I'm, I'm for paying. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know the numbers Fine. at the Queensland Rugby League, but I get the feeling when your development officers, your admin people and all that are probably on $100,000 a year, I think an investment of $600,000 in the best players, that's not even... We, we were talking about Moses and by making $800,000. I know he's playing for a year. He's playing for a lot of... He's playing a lot of games for that, and I understand that. But what I'm saying is... I don't know. Is it a lot of money? I don't know what the budget of a, Look, Graham, of the, the Queensland biggest Rugby problem, League is. I say give biggest, it to him. 
I, I, I agree. I agree. In part, that has to come from somewhere. If there's someone who's bequeathed money to the female rugby league, then fine. That's not a problem. The problem is if the coffer comes from the tier below, you've got to bump, you've got to bump that up. But everything you pay, like if you've got a budget and you yeah. go, right, we're going to funnel the funds from, from here, well, here's always going to be your junior. Here's always going to be the development. Yeah, that's I a guarantee. bit hypothetical because we don't know where the money's coming from. I'll tell you now, it's coming from Queensland Rugby League. Yeah, and it's not what, coming what, from it's not coming from the budget? men's side. They've pulled it out of the women's junior budget. So oh, they're pulling it out of the I women's junior budget. Then no one's bequeathing this. And no, okay. From what we understand, they're pulling it out of the women's junior budget. So they're pulling it from one area of the rugby league to another. Now, unless they come out tomorrow and say, no, no, that's not the case. In actual fact, we're pulling it from the men's or we're pulling it from here. All in the all indications and reports are is that they've they've pulled it from here to bump up this. Now, I have a problem with that, the longevity of that. I have no problem with equal pay. I've got a problem with the longevity of it. And and, and I think the point that Griff makes is that you know you can't you can't you can't just go oh we'll pull money from here to give it to here now i think what we've got to do is we've got to you know we're not i don't want to no, we've all got females in our lives we've all got daughters absolutely and you know and i, I want to, i'm not saying that you know we're going to do men versus women here what i'm saying is this if you want to create something that's going to be a legacy it starts at the bottom it starts with the absolute grassroots female rugby league it then springboards to the next level which will be the next tier the equivalent of our nrl rugby league right which is you know some sort of queensland cup then playing for the brisbane broncos if you don't have adequate funds at those levels you don't actually have an avenue for players to get through so what you end up doing is you're creating a vacuum of players who don't go anywhere. This team will stay the same for years for one reason and one reason only. The players down the bottom didn't get the structure, didn't get the support, didn't get the guidance, and didn't get the funds to go anywhere. So no one comes through to challenges these guys. Yeah, so what you're basically saying is in addition to this, this funding of of pay for the origin players, there needs to be even more additional funding below it. For because, every dollar yeah, given, for every dollar given you're to You're not begrudging the, the top tier. You're saying is no, no. that money know. needs to be invested because to be honest with you, there'll be females. See, with males, they'll come through the sport because they know they can make, they can earn a living out of the sport. I know yeah. for a lot of females coming through, they know, well, hang on, this is going to cost me money to be a footballer. Yeah, yeah, It's not going to make me a lot of money. And, and they and make decisions to then go, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it up. I'm going to pursue other things. I'm going to study, so on and so yeah. forth. And great players are lost to the game. I know yeah. it's not an... Look, I'm going to have a very simple view, which is um, you know not realistic. Anyone who's good with money will say, Graham, you've got no idea. The money needs to be there to get that equal pay in addition to the investment in the juniors. And I, I, I can kind of see what you're, you guys are saying. You're saying... In theory, that's great, Graham, but we don't know if those funds are actually. There. Can I can I actually give you can I actually give you can I give you the real sense of it? The male rugby league players are pretty much paid from sponsorship. 
no one has to dip into yeah. their funds. And yeah. that's the problem. So, so, so no money is being taken from anywhere. And that's the problem. I, what I would like to see is I'd like to see, okay, all right, let's take this as an equal, you know, let's say 20, let's just say 25% of the revenue generated from our origin, sponsorship, TV, whatever, from, no, from no, male things, origin. things on jerseys, whatnot. Okay, let's put that, let's give females the pay, but let's put that into the junior ranks. Let's pull that, okay, because they're always making money. At the end, the, the origin makes money. Origin's huge. I think the jersey sponsorship alone is is astronomical now. Like, I think the New South Wales and Queensland jerseys are up around the two point five million dollar mark. So there's five million dollars just in what the jerseys bring. We haven't talked about TV ads. I think what we've got to start thinking is saying, okay, it's very amicable what the Queensland rugby league are doing, but. But have have the system in place where you're not taking that from the people who make this. It needs to be looked at collectively, not no. as gender. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're I saying. So. I think Shane. Yeah, hundred percent. Rather than saying collective let's, let's, let's let's not look from at the women's game. Yeah, at the bottom, it's got to be it's got to be collective. You got to say Queensland yeah. Rugby yeah. League. The yeah. and this is where the NRL also yeah. too has yeah. to do more because yeah. out of that. You know, obviously, there's all this revenues and so much going into it. And look, on the world on the world scale, rugby leagues, it's 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 not a very um, lucrative game. Okay, it is in a, in an Australian context, um, but you know. So obviously, I think what you're saying is the resources need to be divided yeah. more equally. Well, and I if think- we look at separating male budgets, female budgets, we're never going to get. We're never going to build the the game because overall we need to look at it one game and say okay yeah, it's we need to have funds that yeah. need to go into the female game because i'd love for them to get equal pay and even if it's down to look and, and it could be down to the fact where the nrl season for females is a lot shorter and i know that you know no no, no i'm not saying give a, a female rugby league player the same salary as a male player when they're playing four games as opposed to, you know, close to 30. But I think what we do need to do is we do need to see more resourcing and funds allocated from the overall game itself into female rugby league, because that's the only way it's going to build. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, And the way you build prestige in something is from the bottom up, more people care more people care about it. You get this groundswell of support, more people care about it. All of a sudden, you got a high quality product and it becomes prestigious. That, that's how, you know, you talk about world stage. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how British football started. You know, when all of a sudden, when all of a sudden, you know, they generated this new competition because so many people had a groundswell of care. Yep. They cared about the clubs. They cared about the product. Like and UFC, I think that's what you got to do. Yeah, UFC, UFC went from saying yeah. they would never have a female inside their octagon to a few yeah. years later, you know, main well, events. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think Ronda it Rousey just helped that, but yeah, yeah, but but but, but it was but the people cared. That, they wanted to see her. the groundswell, and people start to care. And of, when you of, get of that course. care, and I think that's why we've got to start looking at getting them at cl- getting at clubland, getting clubland really solid. 
in this. And if it is 10 teams, and if it is half a season or quarter of a season, get people, now get them on the stage where they're playing in their, their NRL games. Get people waving flags. Get young girls waving flags and get them care. Get men. If, if I'm watching South Sydney play, I don't care if you're male or female. The minute you cross the line, I'm going to stand up and cheer for you. So yeah. create the grounds yep. wrong. I think that's where they've got to they've got to wind back a bit. And go there. Well, look. Uh, uh, here's an example. If we look I, at I, you, go Griffo. Yeah, I think what's going to be really good for the women's rugby league is that rugby league starved viewers um and i hate the off season as you well know i think we all hate the off season but in february that's when the the women's gonna play their 20 21 season season yeah. so that's an opportunity for rugby league lovers to tune in um Support the, game. In the month of february Absolutely, yeah. and uh, yeah. and I think that's because you know I'm, I would expect those games are going to be televised on on uh, Fox slash KO. I'll certainly be watching because I yeah. want to see rugby league. Yeah, yeah um, from what I've seen, I think other... Channel Nine's even going to show some. So okay. hopefully Great. that's yeah. more accessible. Great. There's lots of exposure then, and that that exposure is going to bring in um, you know viewers, and that, and that means that means dollars, and yeah. and yeah. and that's a great thing for those women. Because we want them to be uh, in a professional league that can be supported yep. financially. You yep. can't have a professional league if the cash isn't there. No. Um, no. So that sort of exposure, I think, is going to be great for them. I think so. And what also, I too, I think the thing is, uh, you know, from the NRL, and I'm not having to go to the NRL here, obviously, you know, they're in a tough situation, but... You know, we we look. We we want like ideally, I'd love on game day you have a female game, a male game. There's a competition there. It's broadcast on TV. There's you know there's a competition that has the resourcing and funding to be seen as a um, top tier professional competition. You know, and then you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was pretty disappointed. I know they probably, you know, it's hard. I'm not making the decisions, but you know, it's it's it is difficult when you get to a certain point with the pandemic, and they're like, look, we we can't have the season this year. You know, I know we're in a situation where the actual NRL season was in in jeopardy, but um, yeah, I am glad that they're actually playing it next year, and they didn't just yeah. scrap it all together. Yeah, because no, that absolutely. Would have been, that would have yeah. been, yeah, I would have been pretty. NRL that. NRL would have taken a massive financial hit due to the pandemic this year and the cost yeah. involved in in um, moving all the players and their families and having yeah. them in Queensland in hotels. It would have been a monumental uh, cost, but they had to do it because contractually, um, you know, they, they had signed a contract to put these games on and and. I mean, as it turned out, uh, you know, the season went ahead and, and I, I was very happy because the Panthers won. Um, but uh, I just, I, I want to move sort of on this issue, being that that do a professional league for the women and um, and the women, am I still on there? Was just telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Internet, but. Yeah, we can still hear and um and and I really want to see you know the continue to have 
uh, a professional league so that, you know, they can be um, high level sportsmen, sports women, yeah. whatever, you know, we'll call it sports, sports people. people. Sports people. Um, yeah. But. Oh, we're just losing. Is, you. Is, oh, sorry. Am I there? Yeah, you got your back now, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying one of the ways that they fund that, fortunately, is that my daughter pays $250 registration to play netball. Um, yeah. I know that in, in soccer, it's similar where the rego is extremely high because they're using a large part of that money to fund their professional leagues. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's just not our, you know, it's not rugby league. I know, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that that's, that's a great thing to be honest. Um, that those who are not professional are actually, you know, they're playing, you know, just for the fun of it. It's cost them quite a lot of money to, to play, to play sport. And I, I don't think that's a good thing. I, Whatever the sport is, you know, I think sport's a really healthy pursuit um, and be part of a team environment. It's socially also very good. Um, but, yeah, funding your professional league at the expense of, of your grassroots, I, I just don't, I don't like that concept. And I, it's not the way it is as far as I'm aware in rugby league um, where, you know, they play these exorbitant regional fees. You know, ideally, you'd, you'd want regional to be nothing. You want people, you know, you want boys and girls to get out there and play the game. Um, but anyway, that's my thought. Yep. So how it relates to carpool rugby league, but I just... No, that's <laughs> good. Very good point. No, it's, it's okay. Look, and it's Funny one of those is. things too where overall we, we are... Um, yeah, we're, we're big about building the game and we want... Um, you know, obviously to be in a, in a situation where, um, you know, look, I, ideally we have two competitions that are just as prestigious as each other and equal pay across the board. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. um, I, I, yeah. I think what people need to understand is we're not discrediting the women's game at all, but the men's game has had 115 years head start on them. So, um, I, I think that, uh, yeah. we just need to support, advocate and build the women's game because we're massive fans of it here on Carpool Rugby League. And, yeah. uh, good day to all our female listeners out there. Yeah, as well we love as you. Our, and yeah, we've we got good. a new listener, Jane from Willoughby. Hi to you. Oh, Welcome aboard, loved, Jane. Loved our grand oh, final, uh, our grand final preview. With all the ads, so the ads were very popular, Graham. Uh, we'll yeah. have to we'll have to get in touch with our sponsors because just like uh, just like rugby league in the NRL, that's what keeps uh, carpool rugby league going. So uh, supporting our sponsors, I know that Shane knows Portaloo higher now that um, COVID has finished and uh, everyone's having their events again. I think uh, their flat chat, um, the uh, International School of Languages, they're now commencing face-to-face -face classes again. So it's on really the, good to the, hear. On, the, on yeah. the premise that they get to go overseas. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're hoping... It'll be double vax still. It'll be double vax to get to. They're <laughs> hoping that their excursion can go ahead this year. And, uh, yeah, all the best to them. But um, I'll tell you what, fellas, this was a bit of fun. Uh, we haven't done it Absolutely. for a while. It's been, yeah, well, over a month since we've, um, we've yeah. had any uh, episodes. So... Uh, we really appreciate the support. Really appreciate you guys joining me here today. 
And um, yeah, keep an ear out because we're keen to do some more um, podcasts over the summer session. Uh, so please keep an eye on the Facebook page and your podcast feed uh, because we will be dropping some more episodes before season 2022. One question, boys, just before we leave. One mm. question. Who will be the premiers in 2022 at this point in time? Uh, I, mean, I think the Roosters. Uh, I think oh. they're going to have a big year, the Roosters. Gee, Roosters hey. are heading for a very big year. Um, wow. Uh, I'd like to say South. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I... Nah, oh, um, I think Penrith deserve to be the favourites at this stage. Yeah. I never yeah. ride off yeah. the storm. Never ride off the storm. I thought the storm, yeah. Cool. I, I agree with you, Griff. I, I think the Roosters, I don't know if they'll go all the way. They, they got, but they've got a, they're, yeah, no injuries. They're, they're ripe. You know, they, they could be. The Roosters are a team, I think. They're, they're, they're the team that scare me the most. I think Manly before, will. Um, before a ball's been kicked. I think I'll have Manly in my top four. I think they're another team there to keep in the conversation. But, um, yeah, uh, look. Long way off. Penrith, Penrith and Melbourne have been strong. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, look, I, I'll tell you who won't win it. <laughs> yeah. St. George. The Cowboys. West. Cowboys. Who's the Spurs? Oh, look. I reckon Wests are a chance. Yeah, everyone. Wests are pretty short, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I think they might go a little bit better next year. Um, but I, I, what do I know? I've got um, one for you guys. In or out. Yeah. In or out of the top eight for next year, based on where we are at the moment, Brisbane Broncos. Out. Mm, I'm going to say, at this point in time, Graham, out only because of their draw. Yeah, that, I'm the same. Their draw, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, give them the I Titans just, draw yeah. their top eight team. Titans are in. They, no, they have to be. Yeah, yeah. The draw. And and yeah. likewise, Newcastle, uh, I think um, as a result of their draw, they're given a much better chance than the Broncos. Um, I'd, I'd be really filthy if I was a Broncos fan uh, mm. at the draw that they've got. And I know it's all to do with um, television and having him on, um, you know, on those Thursday and Friday, because you know, there's however many million people in Brisbane, um, and they want those eyes on the television um, against the big teams. But it's to the it's to the Broncos' detriment, really. They they're still trying to rebuild, um, and I, I think they're going to do it tough to make the eight. I think they'll go better because they've got on paper pretty good side. Um, Reynolds is a massive sign, and as is Kurt yeah. Capewell. Um, but I just think it's going to be hard when you're coming up against those top sides, yep. more so than than your rivals who, who you're scrapping to get into the eight, and they got the easy draw. I, I just don't think it's fair. So I, I've got them just missing out at this stage. Mm, no, there'll be plenty to keep an eye on. That's a good um, question. Yeah, I mean the other question I've got on the tip of my tongue. I know it's only early, but um. If you're looking at top four, um, you you guys have talked about the Roosters. Am I fair to say that 
Penrith and Melbourne are also top four teams. That would then um, pose the... What do you reckon? Because I'm actually yeah. thinking here, the question I was actually building to is, are we looking at, at this stage, um, you know, people deciding whether Manly or South make the top four, you know? I think yeah. South make it. Think uh, South. Unless they have a... Unless unless they have a monumental bugger up in the heart. Look, their draw's pretty kind. They've got uh, a hard say yes. They've yeah. got a hard start. To mm. be fair, they've got a hard start. If they if they plow through that start and they come out the other end four out of five, yeah, far out. Like they're they're in. Like it's it's going to take a monumental stuff up. And unless they they've got significant halves issues where they just can't find a halfback. To, to 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 work or you know people like Latrell Mitchell comes in round three and is out for another 10 weeks suspension. Um I, I can't see them I can't see them faltering. Like they might be zero and five from the first five rounds. They could mm. well and truly be that. They can, make it up, go, they can then go on a 10 game winning streak. Like yeah. and that's in some ways that was manly this year. I think maybe that might, you know, that might be the case. That might be the case for them because they've got a they've got a bit of establishing to do. Um, I think know. there's. I, I think it's really. I, I think they'll win one of two of those games, Shane. I don't yeah. see it as zero and five. Nah. You know? I, 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 think, um, I think I think they make the top four because yeah, they've got I a better draw than those. Yeah. The, the, the team, you know, team who doesn't make the, the doesn't make the four for me, but I think will be there at the end is 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 the Roosters. Okay. I they got a that, tough draw, man. They got I, tough I know draw. this is I know this is silly. Like I'm choosing, you know, five horses in the race, so to speak. But I, I think really we're 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 going to be looking at the premiership. It's going to be a five way battle between Penrith, Melbourne, Roosters, Manly, and South. Same as it was this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Roosters, unfortunately for them, injuries got them. Uh, injuries, yeah. Yeah. Can't see another side that outside of that, but. Really, the next best team's Parramatta. Unless Parramatta they got a tough draw, you know. Parramatta have a tough draw, and, and I think unless then we're Parra, getting into that, that you know that Titans. I was going to call yeah. it sludge. The, 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 it's <laughs> not quite junk. No, but you know you're starting to get into yeah, that. No, um, that's true. That it's mixture true. where you got a bit of everything in the yeah. Raiders, the Gold Coast. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't. But think, I can't. we've been wrong before. Mm. I like the look of the Sharks as far as their team goes, but I'm, I can't remember if, what sort of draw. I, I don't think they had the great draw that, uh, you know, the Knights or the the Titans. And to be honest, that's they're their main rivals. The Sharks are aiming really to make the top eight, but they're going to be at the bottom end of it. And they got, they're coming up against the Knights and the Newcastle, or sorry, the uh, Gold Coast Titans. And the Titans have got the inside running because of the draw. Mm. Can, can I talk well, the Sharks about... sort of have that evened out draw. Sorry, Shane. They played 12 top eight teams, uh, 12 bottom eight teams, six top four, six bottom four. Can I, can I mention a side that can actually set their watch by their first four rounds? That's the, that's, and I know this sounds silly. It's the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs play their first four games on a Sunday. They, they, they literally they, set their watch to it. No, no, but seriously, like you know, like you think about you think about a draw and you think about travel and you think about all that, you think about timing and turnarounds. I think the dogs I think when I looked at it, the dogs don't have the dogs play every Sunday until Good Friday. Until Good Friday. 
And and I thought about that. I thought, well, you know, they're the little things. I know they got tough teams. They play the Panthers. They oh, play yeah, South. It's, it's Florida, horrible. They play the Storm. Their first six weeks is no, horrible. It, it is. But you know what? They do you know what their turnaround is on point. And sometimes from a that, from sports a science perspective, it's, that's it's good. beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a routine. It's yeah. yeah and, whereas a lot of the top four sides from this year are very, you know, they're Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday. You know what I mean? Like they're all up and down. Yep. So so you know we talk about the dogs getting off the spoon. These are the little incidental things. They may not win, but their recovery is going to be standardized throughout the whole time. And I think that, I think they're the incidental things where when you do win a few games and you do get a few things going well for you, they're the types of things that help. Hmm. And interestingly enough to start the year, the Broncos, they start off on the Friday, but then they go a couple of Sundays and a Saturday game. So uh, a bit different to what we've seen in the past, but then they, as then they'd go back to the Friday Thursday rotation for quite a while. So can I? The team hmm. I was looking at was, I think the Panthers play round one on a Thursday. They play round two on a Friday. They play round three on a Saturday. They then play round four on a Friday, and they play round five on a Sunday. Like you know what I mean? Like they yeah. That you know, like you talking about sports science stuff like that, and then they play Friday. It's the turn. They've got some very short turnarounds. Which the only thing that's in their favour is most of those games are in Sydney. Yep. The only game they play outside of Sydney is at Bathurst, which is a drive. Yeah, I think, it's and not it's too far though. Nah, it's nothing. And I think, but you know, some of those games like they, I think in that live they play South. Um, not that the nights are much, but the, you know, like first time Penrith get on a plane is round eight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you look at the stiff- appetite for rugby league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're excited, and it's only November. We're already talking about the, and the look, games. And who would have thought? We've done just over two and a half hours, and to be honest with you, we actually cut some stuff off the agenda to get through this tonight, guys, and we really appreciate you uh, jumping on board and being with us. It's been really great to get back uh, on the horse, so to speak, and uh, behind the microphone, and um, really, we hope that you enjoy the rest of the off-season, but every day is one step closer to 2022. That it is. Take Thank care, you everyone. Listeners. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everyone. We'll Take be care. back again soon. Be good.